0: me. <laughs>
1: How you doing tonight? Welcome to Ike Live, man. This is a very, very, very—let me say it one more time—very unusual situation because we are broadcasting live, not from the Ike Live studios, but we're live here in Texas at the world-famous Rabbit Ranch. Rabbit Ranch, everybody. <laughs> Rabbit Ranch rabbit ranch. Uh, You wouldn't know we're in the rabbit ranch based on the giant fish in the back. That is a largemouth bass, by the way. That's a a replica of the world record that uh, Futsumakutu caught over in Japan. That's quite a fish. Yeah, well, you know, Futsumakutu (laughs) caught that on a uh, what was that? One of those spy baits. Uh, But uh, we are at the rabbit ranch. Uh, Sitting to my right, you're going to notice my beard is more sexy, but I think his entire look is a little more rugged than mine. Sitting to my right. Pete, how you doing tonight, Pete? Good, man. I'm good. This is weird being here. In Texas. Yeah, I mean, being here, me and you here, and the knuckleheads there. I know. It's a little separation anxiety. Well, why
2: is Texas weird, Pete? Who? Why is Texas weird, Pete? When Mike said this is a little weird, you're like, yeah, we're in Texas. What's wrong with Texas?
3: <laughs> oh, I'm not I'm wrong with Texas. I'm not cracking on Texas. Take it easy. It's weird that we're here, satellite, right. the guys are home, just like you're saying. It's just kind of weird that we're so far away from you guys. I'm just looking. I'm used to looking at Dave's mug when he's cracking on me. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
1: It, I know, that's weird. I mean, his head's so big, and it's nowhere to be found in the screen whatsoever. <laughs> How's that possible? Uh, let, let me uh, let, Let's go around the room here And uh, talk a little bit about the show tonight And the guests uh, We've got uh, a, a, a nice cast here At the Rabbit Ranch And sitting behind me And he's he's going to be a big part of the show In a second here But Dave, pop your head in here Go, go right in the middle of us there
2: ah. All right all right. Well, we lost Pete and Mike for now. Want to get them back on the phone, Brian? See if we can dial them up on the phone. Yeah, I'm on it. So what we have in store for you tonight? We got Mike McClellan calling in. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have, we're gonna have the champion. We're gonna have Lane calling in. We're also gonna have Dennis, TJ, and Kernan live on the show talking about the disqualification and the protests subsequently filed. So it's going to be an interesting show. We're gonna, we're not going to pull any punches. I mean, no, no holds barred. We're going to ask every question that the fans have been
4: sending us to ask. And don't forget to IM in your questions, and uh, we'll ask them as we go.
2: Yeah, thank you. Exactly. Please, if you see that we're missing something, please I'm in, and uh, we'll be. Both anglers are going to be more than happy to answer your questions. They really want to clear this up, and uh, we'd like to get to the bottom of it and find out exactly what happened. How are we making out, Bri? (laughs) I'm saving me.
5: (laughs) It is the debacle that we figured it would be. Is there a life
2: preserver in the
5: air? air? (laughs) This is is as bad as we thought it was going to be. Yeah. How about it? Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Computer died. Give us a minute. You know what? Tell me that the battery died on this computer. I just got a message from Mike. He says computer died. Um, So, I... I'm thinking that they didn't plug the computer in. And that's what they're scrambling to yeah. do right now. Yes, that's what they're scrambling to do.
2: It's probably Pete's fault. Yeah. Doing all this dork stuff on the laptop, <laughs> eating that battery up all day long.
4: And, and we're <laughs> having yeah. an issue with the IM that I want to let everybody know about. And what I think is happening is I think that we have so many people – that have logged on to the IM, that there must be a amount of people that it only lets on. Really? So if you can't get on the IM, we're sorry, but it's overloaded with people because people are messaging in. So maybe if you refresh your browser now and again, and if somebody gets off, you might be able to get on at a different time. So we're, we're going to get that figured out later.
2: Specifically, anyone from Louisiana familiar with Senate Resolution 115? If you if it please pay attention to what's being said here, because it's some of the most convoluted uh, free open water laws in the country. Uh, The Supreme Court didn't do it any justice when they when they when they reviewed it a few years back. Uh, It's a complete mess. So we're going to rely on you guys a little bit to help us out with this.
4: Yeah, and we, the show we got, we got a, a good I am here. Haven't heard about the DQs on the anglers. Tell us, so why don't you, Dave, tell them what's well, going on and what happened?
2: Well, I, 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 no, I mean, no? so what happened was an angler, pro, an angler, pro, protested another one on, on the Sabine River for fishing private water. The protest was filed a day after the alleged improper fishing was w- w- was conducted and this angler was disqualified. His day one bag was disqualified. He then filed an appeal and subsequently won his appeal on Friday and Bass reinstated his catch, which put him at 12th place and paid him the 12th place money. So that's about as far as we'll go because like I say, we're going to have both anglers on the show. Both guys are going to be forthright and they're going to explain their we positions, hope. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat>
5: yeah. So anyhow, we have uh, Dave Brodzik sitting in as 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 Pete Glusick.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sure. I'm going to do Pete's laugh. <laughs> that's great. That's great price point, Bob. Yeah, yeah, excellent price point. Not only that, we have two-time classic qualifier.
6: Robert Soley on the casting couch. I know all about DQs, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The master of it. Yeah.
3: There you go.
2: Bob Bob is a... Bob is like a retired Federation legend, man. Yeah, retired, key, key word. We're man. all lucky you ain't playing no more, dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> You'd be wiping you know. us all up like you did back Yeah, I
6: doubt that, man. I Guys. don't Because when you competed
2: in the Federation, it was a completely different Federation than the one I fish in now. Yeah. There wasn't, yeah. Uh, a, there wasn't the FLW and Bass Split. Right. All of the killers from New Jersey yeah. were, were banging, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, it's kind of it funny tough.
6: because I tell everybody, you know, fishing the Federation back then, well, you look at it now. At, at any given federation tournament, there was five classic qualifiers fishing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the competition level, and the, the federation was bigger than, you know. Once they split, it kind of got watered down, or you know, you know. But um, Fixed. you know, the, the federation's a tough road to hoe, man. I mean, the guys, mm-hmm. you know. They generally work and, and do their thing on the weekends and stuff, and they got, you know, family and jobs, and, and oh. to commit time to fishing, it, it's not easy, you know?
2: You plan on maybe trying to get back in?
6: I was thinking about maybe fishing a couple tournaments. I don't know if I'll commit to um, fishing a full season anymore. Well, um, New Jersey did a really good thing this year. Every tournament
2: is on Sunday.
6: Right, so it, right. You
2: know, the years past we've had them we have them on saturdays and you know it creates a problem for guys like us
6: yeah and the other, dude, what they used to do back in the day uh you know the tournament waters would be off limits for the week before the tournament you only had that saturday of practice before the actual tournament you know which uh you know now i guess you could practice more during the week if you have the time you know what i mean Brian, do we have Mike back on?
5: Um, I think they're setting up. We're we're, we're gonna find out what's going on. Just <laughs> keep it going, by the way.
2: C- can you maybe tell one of the charge a cell phone up they can call in?
5: Yeah. Maybe? yeah. Yeah. By the way, this segment's called No Ike Live.
2: Yeah, this no Ike live. No I called- live Please hang on for a few more minutes and we'll get the guy on that you actually are trying to watch. <laughs> I tried to sit on my couch tonight and was ordered over here by Brian the boss. <laughs> Because <laughs> when Mike's absence, Brian's the boss.
5: Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, we lost him again. All right, this, this, this is amazing. So yeah. it may be a really short show. So let's get
4: it in. <laughs> so, well, so, folks, thanks for tuning in. So, yeah. Sully, why'd you stop tournament fishing?
6: Why'd I stop tournament fishing, man? That's a good question. I get that a lot. It's kind of a tough one to answer. I mean, I could, you know, I kind of like was never completely in all the way. I fished, you know, quite a few years there, full tilt, and and. Um, you know just with work and and dealing with stuff and uh yeah and to be honest with you too some of some of what the show's about you know this guy mike getting protested and dq'd and stuff and i i've gone through some of those things myself and you kind of get a sour sour taste in your mouth over it you know what i mean and i kind of moved on and i used to be a diehard deer hunter and i'm back to doing that now instead of fishing so but uh you know fishing's still good every now and again
5: all right uh we uh without further ado let's do this hey hi
1: there i i I did uh we did we were we were listening why the delay was going on and you were correct in your assumption
5: (laughs) you're kidding me no
1: power power cord was not connected (laughs) wow
5: that's some high-tech stuff tilt the uh, camera down we're looking at a lot of ceiling
1: okay
5: yeah yeah yep yep oh that's oh that's nice
2: those great, great good. shot of Mansu's arms, man. You've been yeah. working out Dave? Look at you. <laughs> working out, definitely. Man. That's a
5: lot of big uh, golf is responsible. For give,
1: that.
2: give Vegas his uh, polo shirt back, please. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
3: Wow. <laughs>
5: nice one. <laughs> nice
1: one. <laughs>
5: so, uh, so that's what that was. That was that was a power cord. It was a
1: power issue. Hey, it's. Not like live if something's not screwed up at least once during the, during the night more so. importantly
2: brian the producer is absolved <laughs> you can't control what's yeah,
5: going on in texas i can't control texas it's yeah. very unusual uh, it's very so unusual like
1: yeah, let, me, let me pick up where I left off And and, uh, and introduce Dave Mansu Behind me with Vegas' and shirt on uh, <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty funny uh, And uh, let's see, we've got uh, Floating around back here, you're probably going to see her walk through Maybe we'll have her on a little later Is Dave's beautiful wife, Andy Is here tonight, also Give applause for Andy, everybody uh, And uh, uh, Rebecca Iaconelli Is also here She's probably going to be hunting down kids all night, but uh, she may pop her head in. And I want to, uh, I'd like to uh, uh, say hi to everybody in the studio and in our absence, uh, looking at their ugly mugs right now. Brian the Carpenter, aka Brian Stockel, aka Spock, aka Press One Spock, <laughs> uh, the amazing producer,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> and uh, and J3 in the house tonight. J3, How are you J3? Do a little IM for us tonight.
4: Thank you, guys. What's up? Good to on. see you
1: again. Good to see you again. And uh, in the set, we have... I, and, and see, we're not seeing this, so I'm guessing. Uh, sitting in uh, Sweet Pete's normal spot, we have Dave Brodzik, a.k.a. Fatty, oh, a.k.a. Fathead, a.k.a. Warp.
5: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> a.k.a. New host a- of the show. A- a.k.a. Rescued.
1: <laughs> a.k.a. Rescued. And... Uh, and very special guest on the cast, casting couch tonight, Mr. Bob Soli Bob Soley,
6: everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just sat here because I want to talk to Mansu, dude. I couldn't, I couldn't pick up the phone and dial his number on my own, so. <laughs>
1: well, this is a great opportunity.
6: It is. It is, man.
1: It, it is. Uh, let me, uh, let me start the show as we always do. And we want to say a uh, big thank you, uh, appreciation for all military, active and veterans. Thank you guys for what you do for our country. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, also, uh, a policeman, in fact, retired police officer with us tonight. Uh, policeman, fireman, EMT. Thank you guys. We, we appreciate you. We really do. It's amazing. Uh, We've got. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I know I use this word a lot, but I'm gonna switch it up a little bit tonight. I normally say you normally know, say dynamic. I'm gonna say this one. We have a stupendous, stupendous show tonight. Very controversial. Controversial, man. stupendous show tonight. Uh, we've got a lot of really cool topics we're going to go over. So I want everybody watching tonight stay tuned for this whole show. Three-hour show. I know it seems long. Stay tuned because you're going to get some amazing stuff. We're going to hear from second-place finisher at the Sabine River, Mike McCollin. Pretty awesome story. We're going to talk a lot about what happened there last week as far as the fishing. And then we're going to break into the controversy of what happened, Uh, the the DQ and reversal of the DQ Mm -hmm. from the Red River. We're gonna get into all that stuff and and probably a little bit more. I'm excited. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a neat show.
3: We've we've been talking about the show leading up to the show and it, it's calls for some heated debates just yes. just here in the in the bunny ranch. Is that yes. what we're calling it? Rabbit ranch. Rabbit. Rabbit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, hey,
3: I don't know how that name, but I like that better. Hey so, Dave uh, so Dave it, it, Dave, I, can, I, a I can appreciate there's there's uh there's gonna be people that are very volatile, very opinionated and passionate yeah. about this topic. So yeah.
1: looking forward to diving into it's going it. It's gonna be a neat show. And, and let me remind you, I know you guys talked about it already, but uh an important part of the, the Ike Live show is your feedback. We want to hear from you. Uh we, we want to hear your feedback. You can get us through the I am right there next to your screen. I am us. You can hit us up on Twitter, it's Mike underscore Ikenelli uh and volume uh we've got great volume
5: speak louder mike
1: speak louder
5: yes shout
1: all right i'll speak louder i'll get a little closer it might be more of my mug but i'll get a little closer uh we want to hear from you this is your chance to speak up on any topic especially the ones we're talking about so don't be scared to uh to get a hold of us during the show uh, let me catch everybody up with some updates real quick before we get on to the show. The first one is, I know this is the third show I want to announce it, but I want to remind you guys, we're on iTunes. Right. iTunes, very, very big moment for the Ike Live show. We're on iTunes. You can download any show, including this one, on iTunes for free. We don't charge it like that, Stobo. Uh, I'm not going to say
0: that.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I almost said it, but I did. Uh, Go to iTunes. Check us out. It's totally free. Check out some of our old episodes. And while you're there, leave a comment. Let us know what you think about this show. Because, by the way, if you didn't know this, we are the TMZ of bass fishing. Is that what we're called? We're the TMZ of bass fishing. I believe it's true. That's right. That's right. Uh let me also tell you that uh, good friend ours, Mark Jeffries, over at Bass Zone, uh Bass Talk Live, another great podcast. He's got this amazing thing, twenty feet deep, documentary style uh video, mm-hmm. and and I was I was uh fortunate to be part of the first one. He's got a new one coming out, Pete.
3: I heard I, on Monday.
1: Mm-hmm. Who's on who who is it?
3: I Steve Kennedy is gonna be featured on uh, Twenty Feet Deep and uh He's kind of a really interesting individual in the sport of fishing. Yeah. Uh, that it, should be an awesome 20 feet deep.
1: Yeah, Steve Kennedy. Steve Kennedy. i got to tell you, uh, the, the, the 20 feet deep, that whole concept, very interesting. And for me, I can't wait to find out about uh, Steve Kennedy. He's he's an interesting dude. He's an amazing fisherman. He's smart. He graduated, like, at the top of his class. Was it Auburn or, or Auburn. <laughs> A- a engineering degree. I mean, this dude's smart, but he doesn't think like like we think. He's using rods from, like, the 70s. Um, he's tying, like, an overhand knot. His hooks are rusty. I got to know about this guy. And he's kind of anti-sponsor. Anti-sponsor. Absolutely.
3: Unique. Very unique. In a sport that costs $85,000 a year to compete in, Yeah. Steve is Steve is not soliciting any sponsorship. And beside so the fact that...
1: Great head com- comment about, I don't know, Steve Kennedy is like a goose. He wakes up in a different place every... <laughs> <laughs> Steve Kennedy's like a goose. And I want to let everybody know, you're going to find out in the 20 Feet Deep episode, but, um, Steve Kennedy does have one sponsor logo. It's actually tattooed on his ass. It says Konami. Uh, I saw it. He was in the shower at a campground. I saw it. It says Konami right across Steve's ass. That's hot. Uh, outside of that, he doesn't have any sponsors. Um, Let's keep going here, what, uh, Brian. I, I feel like I'm doing all the talking tonight. What do you What do you Is Is there anything important going on there at the studio tonight? Anything I should know about?
6: Turn the heat up, dude. It's freaking freezing in here, man. <laughs> 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 if you had some hair on your head. You'd be yeah. <laughs> Stand up when you're talking to me, guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of this tonight. Uh, by the way, let me jump in, and this is a proud moment uh, for my co-host in the show. Let me mention that uh, we've been weighing Pete in. Pete's had this uh, amazing yeah. goal set of, of getting in shape, losing weight. And I got to tell you, he's on track this week, folks. Uh, l- let's see. We had him at uh, 251.
0: Holy the 255. cow.
1: 255. Let me say <laughs> skyrocketed. at <out> 255. <laughs> uh, down to 248. Down to 246. And as of I think 9 a.m., th- 8 a.m. this morning? Mike.
5: Mike, I think we had a 246.5 the last show.
1: A point five, okay. 246.5. Yeah. That's not as my... of 9 a.m. this morning. It may be a little different now. All right before or problems, after probably. breakfast? Uh, 242. Folks. Yeah. Good job, Pete. 242.
4: Great job, Pete. Yeah. Yeah,
1: we're, getting, we're
7: getting it done. We're getting it slowed. As- he ate two pizzas plus So he <laughs> did eat two pizzas.
3: Slow and steady. Slow and steady, guys. But those of you that are following or, or even doing this with me, hang in there. We're going to get it done. We're, uh-huh. we're, we're getting it off slow. It's a lot of hard work. I'm finding it a lot harder at age 47 than it was even five years ago. But we're going to get it done, man.
5: Is that End a certified there. scale? <laughs> did we have that certified?
1: Uh, it's certified. <laughs> it's certified. We, certified by Andy. Andy, you saw it. You can't get away with nothing. Certified. I'm going to love and
3: support this. from you guys over there. <laughs> well, I, haters over there, man. I'm wondering about
6: the 47 thing, dude, myself, man. You know what I mean? Hey, <laughs> it looks like you look a little bit
1: older than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let, let me keep on with some announcements. Uh, th- this is a big one here. If I could pull it up while we're talking, I uh, want to let everybody know that uh, we officially now have – an Ike Foundation Facebook page, okay? Yeah, thank you. Right on. Thank you, thank you. Right give me on. a second if I to try to pull it up here. Uh, here it goes. I'm gonna give every, I'm gonna give everybody at home a, a little view. There it goes. We officially have a Ike Foundation Facebook page. Man, this is great. Uh, if you want to find out about the foundation, if you want to find out about how to get kids involved in fishing, go to Facebook. Like us on Facebook. We're up to 1,500 likes. That's more than Pete's had his whole entire career. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was I'm harsh. Watch the NCAA. I just, <laughs> I'm just messing with it. I'm just messing with it. Uh, go go to the page, like the page and and uh, and, and there's a lot of things you could do there to help out with deck foundation. So that's really cool. Um, let me keep going and, and real quick, uh, this is not a shameless plug, but look at this very nice t-shirt I'm wearing tonight. Brian, what do you think about that t-shirt?
5: That's hot. I want one.
1: You see that? Yeah. That's yep. not a shameless plug? It's not a shameless plug. No. I'm well, I didn't <laughs> mention <laughs> whose t-shirt it is. I just said it's a nice t-shirt. That's yeah, <laughs> a
5: really nice and t-shirt.
1: It it. A special special shout-out, Don our. Thank you for the apparel. Um, <laughs> and uh, and you notice on my head, I actually, I don't have a lot of hair on my head anymore anyway, uh, but notice on my head tonight, I'm rocking the X mark hat Xmark is the official sponsor of Ike Live. If you haven't checked them out, listen, if you want your lawn cut and like manicured, I mean, like like massage parlor, I'm talking about <laughs> pedicured, like, you know what I mean? Like, not going into one of those strip mall places, but I mean, like, you go to a spa that's like royal treatment, happy end and that, everything. That's how <laughs> Xmark cuts your lawn. It's amazing. It does an amazing job and it does it quick. Which is what you want. So, uh, thank you, XMark. Um, Do we have one coming for the rabbit ranch? We, we we're gonna have one coming for the rabbit ranch. Rabbit ranch actually and has you? a lot of they have a lot of grass out here. There's a lot of lawn. Hey, Dave
2: Mansu,
6: why is it the rabbit ranch? What, what's what's up with that?
1: You're gonna to have to ask the host. I'm gonna have an
6: idea. I got uh, an I got an idea, but I ain't getting into it, dude. <laughs> That's the right one. That's the right
1: idea. Send batteries, quick. I don't know. I would think if I
2: moved to Texas and I had the means to have something called a ranch, I'd give it something cool, like you know, like Rancho de Chupacabra. You know what I mean? Like something cool, dude. Like a name, chup- a Chupacabra, not a rabbit, dude. Like I don't know.
1: No, I think I think what yours would be Rancho de Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Rancho de Wolf. Bob, what would yours be?
6: Oh man, I, I don't know, man. DQ. <laughs> the DQ ranch.
3: <laughs> Sounds about right.
1: We've got another expert at DQ in, in half. We, we do. Like that well, that's that. that's that's great. We get another another uh, it, It's no
5: boy. accident that he's here tonight.
2: Yeah, no, we absolutely needed a a first-rate and professional victim of DQs.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Captain DQ. Uh, and by the way, uh, let me let me notice uh, what we've got here. We are in Texas tonight, so we switched up a little bit. Beer of choice tonight, folks at home, Shinerbach. Bock. Shiner Bock. What are you drinking there, Brian? Look like water. Uh,
5: yeah, Poland
1: Spring. I don't believe
5: it. <laughs> Three fifty a case. I don't,
1: I don't believe it. I uh, real quick, wrapping up the updates. Uh, would love for everybody to go over also to uh, advancedangler.com. Uh, head over there. Uh, got a good friend over at Tackle Mods doing an interview with Steve Donis. Steve Donis, all you guys know, probably the best illustrator, a.k.a. cartoonist on the planet. Uh, big article over there on Advanced Angler. Check him out. Check Steve out. Uh, and and uh, Frodo did a great job on that. Thank you, Frodo. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he hates uh, that, by the way. Yeah, is. Yeah.
1: Why are you shaking your head, Mike?
5: Because uh, he's going to blow up my phone now.
1: Oh, okay, he's going to blow up your phone. A second. Yeah. Uh, Sorry get about right that, Mike. Into it, I think. Uh, I got an update. You, oh, oh, We do have an update. Yeah, yeah, hold on. We do have. We have several updates. Yeah, we've got a few. First of all, I think
3: it's why we're here this week. <laughs> exactly. This is a big one. This is a big one. I'm I'm not, I'm not in New Jersey because I'm here to meet with Mike, and our entire production crew for Bash University TV. Mm-hmm. Down at the bunny ranch The rabbit ranch rabbit. here on Toledo Bend And um, we're filming uh, All new spots All new episodes of Bass University TV On water <laughs> training uh, Featuring Mike Myself Dave Mansu And Bassmaster Elite rookie Matt Lee Matt yeah. Lee no, no, no. Matt, Matt was, great. Yeah, Matt, Matt was did, great. Matt Matt did a great piece on um on how he broke into the sport of professional fishing and advice for young and up and coming anglers and instructions. Yeah. yeah. If uh you know if this is something that you want to take on, um, you know, Matt Matt te- told us how he did it. And, you know, we've got uh great topics, you know, everything from uh advanced jerk bait techniques, weight baits, uh pre-spawn conditions, and we did some really cool stuff down here, which was adjusting to conditions, fishing the moment. Uh, we talk about it a lot, but here on Toledo Bend, we had a massive rainstorm. The water came up, and then so it's, so it's dropping. Again? It's yeah. dropping. It's moving these fish all over yeah. the place, yeah. and uh, it, it required a big adjustment, and we talked a lot about that on how to react to this rising and falling water, which has got to be some of the most challenging things you can face in fishing. So, uh, yeah. all that stuff is on bat, is going to be on Bass University TV. Check it out at thebassuniversity.com. You can subscribe there. These videos are going to be launched every week from now through the end of 2015. Yep. And in addition to our in classroom seminars,
1: it, it was great stuff. I got to tell you, I, I was there for two or three days of the shoot, and uh, we got some amazing stuff, amazing footage. And if you subscribe, You'll get to see Pete catch a pound and a quarter spot on a shaggy head. So
3: Ooh.
1: I called it the Giants. Pretty groundbreaking. Uh, you're going to want to tune into that. It was a big spot. I mean, it was a it's fat a, spot. Yeah. You know, you come to Texas to catch a pound and a quarter spot. I mean, that's. i tell you, one of the coolest things was
3: when you caught that spot. And it was a big, fat ah. spot. Oh, and, cool. uh, and Mike, yeah, Mike cool. you demonstrated uh, what, what he had in his belly. Yeah. Yeah. I, pretty I to pretty, figure pretty that out. That's going to be really neat. But I tell you, I want to tell you how much I appreciate a couple things that you did this week because I I know the Ike Live Foundation is up and running. And the the deal is to take kids fishing, get them exposed to the sport. But I got to tell you, we had cameras running. We had an entire staff producing Bass University TV. And twice, Mike stopped what he was doing and gave a young angler an autograph and photograph out there on the water. Uh, just stopped everything we were doing. It's it quite impressive. Thank thanks, thanks. I know you've got a reputation for doing that, yeah, but it, it was really awesome to see. And and I and boy, I hope every everybody out there takes time and and helps these kids learn how yeah. to fish.
1: That's that's the future of the sport, right? That's how yeah, we yeah. grow the sport. So, uh, pretty, pretty neat. Got, I, by the way, let me mention on that too. Uh, I got a chance to do one of the series with Dave on swim baits, and that is a that's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I actually learned a lot standing next to you while we were talking. So, you're going to learn a lot, for sure. That was good. Because a lot of swim, a lot of soft uh, plastic
3: swim bait stuff, but you talked about hard. Hard swim yeah, bro, getting ahead.
7: The way we split it up really worked well. Mm-hmm. That really worked well. I think people are going to really enjoy that.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
7: It's good yeah. to say. Uh, Mike. Don't, for, don't forget the piece we did on how to deal with a with partner that you hate and can't fish.
1: Wow. Remember <laughs> how that guy used to fish with him? Oh, yeah. Fish. Bob Sully is <laughs> going to want to subscribe <laughs> to that. <laughs> $15 a month, Bob. Oh, man. I'm in. I'm <laughs> in. Yeah, talk about let, – let, let, me, let me mention this. We're here in Texas. I don't want to rub it in for you guys.
6: Then don't. <laughs>
1: it's beautiful. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's in the 80s, 80s high 70s, 80s, sunny. Mm-hmm. The fish are spawning. I mean, what do you what do you got at home?
3: Freezing
5: cold, man. 45. 22 this morning.
1: Oh, Ooh. 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 Not good. Not good. Alright. No. Oh, uh, well let, <laughs> let, let's let's uh, let's let's keep the show going and I wanna let's jump right in and talk about uh, let's talk about Sabine River. yeah it's uh, good let, going. let's let's talk about the Sabine. Um, you know the Sabine River, by the way, for those of you that don't follow the Bassmaster Trail uh, minute by minute, uh, Sabine River was last week. It was the first BASS Elite Series Tournament of the Year. Um, and it was a tough, tough event, Pete. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot, minus the tides, reminded me a lot of the Delaware River. Tough to get five keeper bites a day. I mean, that's something we could all relate to uh-huh. growing up. And
3: it really put the screws to you last year. It did.
1: It sure. did. Well, I I mean I couldn't have had much more of a of a more terrible event last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I caught two fish the first day. Mm-hmm. I stuffed the boat in the woods the second day. <laughs> Still had an hour to fish after I pulled it out and and caught zero keepers the second day. So disaster start to the year for me, um the last time we we're there. This year, a thirtieth place finish. You know, I'm happy, a little disappointed, but happy. Um i got to tell you, this is interesting, is that I had five keeper bites the first day, caught five. I had five keeper bites the second day, caught three. I had four keeper bites the third day, caught three. If you give me back those three keepers, and they were all in the two-pound range, you add six pounds to my weight, I'm just outside the top 12. I'm 15th or 16th place. And that hurts a little bit. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I double my standings had I landed those fish. On uh, well, those tough tournaments, every every ounce moves it, you. Up it and hurts. It hurts so bad when you see a two pounder come up and throw you. It just it, it just hits you so hard. Uh, and, and every ounce in those events really hurts. But I want to bring something up real quick. We'll talk a little shot. Is you know I was flipping, and in the flipping presentation, you hardly ever lose them. But last week I did because they were spawning. Have you had that happen to you where where you know those fish are spawning, you're on that flipping bite, and you just lose some?
3: And that's the nature of the beast, right? A spawning fish doesn't commit to the bait like a feeding fish does. A spawning fish is knocking that bait. He's trying to kill it, maybe move it off his bed. He's biting it by one of the appendages on the bait, just moving it around and – Yes, and he, and he has it in the front lips of his mouth usually. He's not taking it to consume it. Right. So, often, you know, that's that's what happens. You you lose a high
1: percentage of those fish. Yeah, it, it, it was so frustrating because I started second-guessing my hook set, you know, and they'd start running away with it. i let them take it, and I would put everything I had into them, and they'd come off. And then I started just kind of pinking them a little bit, and I caught a couple, and I thought, well, now I've got it figured and then I pinked one, and that one came off the road. <laughs> so uh, fr- frustrating. You know, a good a start. But, but, but a good
3: start. You know who else had a good start? Uh, the Lee brothers. They did. Rookie, Rookies on the elite. Both curve. of them did, especially Jordan. But
1: both of them had but, good terms. Yeah, I
3: know Matt finished just out of the money. Just out of the money. Jordan was up there a little yep. bit higher in the late 20s or low 30s, yep. somewhere like that. But, uh, boy, that was uh, quite impressive. There's two really, really young Elite anglers and man, they're holding their own. Yeah, out of the gate hey, in a tough tournament. Tough tournament, very, very humbling.
1: River, let me put it in perspective. Uh, you know, if you look at some of the sports' biggest names, right, uh, and and these are the guys that I consider are the very best in the world right now. Uh, Jason Christie, uh, Edwin Evers, uh, you, you know, several of these guys, who I, I in my mind they are the best right now. Uh, 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 Jacob Prosnick. Another one. The very best in the world right now. Tough tournaments. You know what I mean? It's a very humbling place. Um shoot. You look at uh, I mean I our friend Bass
3: University instructor, Brent Ayler, one of the greatest anglers in the world was was really he he, he took a bath down there on, yeah. on the Sabine.
7: Yeah. Can I just can I just say that I would refer to that as a survival tournament.
1: Survival. So, yeah.
7: Yeah. The, the object is to get some points to survive so that you can move on to the next event. Mm-hmm. Let me just point out to you
1: how how tough this was. Yeah. Brandon Pollack. Brandon Pollack. Bobby yep. Lane. Yep. Bobby Lane. A, a, amazing Yep. Zell Rowland. David
7: Walker. Just just Scott Ashmore, just to name a few, who gained
1: zero points in that. Career. Wow. Wow. Man. No points, no points. That's a tough way, tough way to start to hear. I, yeah. uh, you know, I can relate to it. I can tell you again, from, from a personal standpoint, the last two years, and we talked about this off camera, the last two years in a row, I've dealt with digging myself out of the hole with bad starts, especially bad first and second tournament. It feels great to have a 30th place finish <laughs> oh, to start to hear off good. But those guys that you mentioned, and, and Jason Christie and, and Evers, they can still come out of it. You know, it's not the end of the world. You can you can I, you come out of it with I, a zero? Well, you can come out of it for uh, I think you can come out of it for A O Y standings and classic spot. Now, actually winning A O Y, that's nothing, tough.
0: Man.
1: That I mean, you'd have to like really, really set the world on fire. You'd yeah. have to have more temperatures to, than- to bring you back. Uh, Aaron Martins, the year he won AOI, not last year, the year before, had an 82nd place finish. That's right, yeah. And came back to win AOI. Well, so, can be done. Can be done. Can be done. Uh, but, super difficult event on the Sabine. And there's a lot of spin offs on this tournament. And we're going to start with the fishing aspect of it. We're going to go on to the DQ aspect of it. But let's start with the fishing. I can tell you that. Guys were grouped up, for sure. And you saw what I call camps of boats. You saw guys run east and places like the Calcasieu River where I fished. Tremendous amount of boats in a small area. Same thing west. Taylor's Bayou, um, the Natchez River, uh, and then the Sabine River itself. It all seemed like boats were grouped up. You know, 10 to 20 boats in each of those areas. So, you know, there were pods of fish. There was immense amount of dead water, immense amount, and you mix in the salt with that. It's hard to tell what's fresh and salt by mm. looking at the map until so you get out there. You're actually, <laughs> you know, you got to, you know what I mean? You know what I mean?
5: Yeah, yeah, you know yeah mean? That, that
3: was the you shot. Do the yep. Salt test. Yep, that's uh, a salt test. Well, as evidence. <laughs> I want to try to work through this, I may not but, uh, be, right.
8: I may the, not be yeah. late for the rest of
3: the night. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> you know, look at you look at uh, Amart uh, fishing across and made, made a great decision to stay stay, but he uh he he caught, we saw him catch a flounder and a redfish and a largemouth on, on the mixed, same on the
1: same bank all mixed together on yeah. the same bait on the same bank. I That's mean, ridiculous. The, That's the salt ridiculous. Water is right ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so challenging tournament, but, and now this is this really parlays to our guest coming up here in a little bit, some of the guys did really buck the trend, and they got away from the crowds, and that was a key mm. key factor. Uh, Mike McClellan, who we're going to have on later in the show, uh, ended up in second place, great tournament, great start to the year. I can't wait to hear that story. I've got to hear the story. I can't wait. Uh, went... Over 240 some miles round trip each day.
5: People. Oh my God!
3: I heard.
1: I, I thought I read somewhere where it took him three and a half or
3: four hours to to get back to go one way when the wind blew. Amazing. Oh my! God. <laughs> it was amazing. That he was able to hold in hold on a second place.
1: Beck, do you want to come in here real quick? Come in here and say hi to everybody. Uh, real quick, folks at home, we've got uh, my beautiful wife Rebecca just popped in here. She going to say hi. hi. Hey, back! Hi,
0: everybody. Molly, you want to
1: come in? You want to come in? You want to say hi to everybody? Can I pick you up or now? Yes, I can pick you up. Come in. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
3: That's
1: Molly. I'm all. Oh, I'm Giving kisses. <laughs> That's how we roll. <laughs> I'm sorry, hon. Huh? Uh,
2: that's what happens when you pick a dog up like a bowling ball, Mike.
0: <laughs>
1: well, dogs and I have a very strange relationship. Basically.
2: Hey, <laughs> Mike, as I'm sitting there looking at Dave behind you, I actually we have a new cast member being Dave Mansu with a nickname. Him being over you and Pete's shoulder like that, I can't get the great Gazoo out of my head from the Flintstones, dude. Remember that little Martian who like <laughs> hang over Fred birthday. Flintstone's head? Yeah. He's just hovering over you guys back
6: there, dude. For God's <laughs> like, yeah, like. like well,
1: let's see, we see Dave come in here and see if we can...
6: Dave, Dave's yeah. used to the over the shoulder oh. look anyway,
1: oh. dude. I wouldn't want to get that close to Pete either. <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, and he's over our shoulders, you're right.
5: Yeah, like Kenny on Bert's shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Hold on. There you go. Yeah, that's better, dude. Because, like, all we have
2: is, like, a hunk of your beard for a while, man. Like, now we got you all.
1: Oh, you saw the? You were seeing the beard?
2: And we have the good side of Pete's hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pete swabbing. He's looking mysterious as usual. Uh, he sir. looks awesome. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, uh, J3, what do we got on the IM? We got any good instant uh, messaging coming back? I, Mike, teach- I got
5: a question for you. <laughs>
1: yeah.
5: Go- going into that Sabine event, did you fish uh, somewhat defensively? I, you know, like you were talking earlier, you can really scrap the season right off the bat. Yeah. Did you have somewhat of a safe game plan going into that?
1: That's a great question. I, and and I'd, I'd be, you know, be interesting to know how many of the hundred and whatever, how many elite guys fish like that. But I didn't. I didn't. I got to tell you that I didn't get there in pre-practice like a lot of guys. So the So what I did is I fished areas that historically – had winning catches in it. And the first day of practice, I went up to Calcasieu. Had never been there. I launched into <laughs> Calcashew and I had 40 bites the first day of practice. Ooh. Now, they weren't all keepers, obviously. I wasn't setting a hook on all of them. But when I went up there and got 40 bites, I said, I'm going back the second day of practice. I'm going to learn it like the back of my hand because there's a population of bass that lives here. <clears throat> Unfortunately, about 25 of the guys <laughs> Right. all found the same fish, so we split them out. Yeah. But uh, you know, in hindsight, I I don't I didn't fish defensively, and I really felt like I had a shot to top twelve there, and and I did. You know, if I'd landed right a few there. more of those keepers, and had one or two more bigger bites, I would have been you know right there in the mix. So, it, it's amazing that like you said, the the area is huge.
3: It's Mike McClellan's run two hours one way, and guys are running the other direction hours. Yeah. And that everybody was so bunched up, you know. Yeah, You would think that there would be, you know, more places to fish. But you, you'd think.
1: Well, I, I ran, uh, just like let you know, Calcasieu is about 55 miles from the launch. So I ran almost an hour each day. Wow. And a lot of it was through the intercoastal waterway. You know, it's just this big straight line. It's just like the most boring thing. You're doing, you know, mid-70s, and you're just for like 40 minutes, you're just going straight. <laughs> and unfortunately, on the, on the third day, uh, about five minutes before I had to run back is when I had that fourth keeper bite and jumped it. And the two pounder came up like eye level and came off. So for an hour yeah. driving back, I had to think about that shit. Oh. <laughs> so, there you go. Oh. Two pounder right there. Um, very upset about that still. Uh, what, what, yeah. Uh, what, what, how we doing, Brian? How we doing? Good. Are you, are you um,
5: doing uh, that, 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 uh, that, that image threw me off there. Um, Yeah, I
3: don't like
5: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a question, but you just messed me up. Uh, We're ready to go to McClellan whenever you are. So.
1: Okay. Well, I think this is a great great Uh, transition point. I
5: Uh I know what I wanted to ask you, Mike. How many fish did you stick in practice? Because that event, I feel, was a lot like the Delaware River,
4: and uh oh, something's happening. What's (laughs) happening behind the scenes there? Is is Vegas pissing outside (laughs) again?
1: It's the second time today I've looked out the window and have seen my son peeing on my truck. <laughs> hey. Like, there's eight million trees out there. He's got to pee on the truck. <laughs> I don't get it.
4: Mark it. turf, man. Anywhere but in his pants. That's all that matters when you're a parent.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> it's potty training Yeah, I should be happy. his body training, but it's on my truck.
3: <laughs> it on my truck. <laughs> Do we have yeah, so, <laughs> time to bring in Mike McCullough. Yeah. Well, so I
5: was, I was, you know, felt like it was really important on the Delaware because there's a major lack of fish, you know, that to, to not stick fish when you find them. How yeah. did you, did you approach that the the, the Sabine the same way? Because I did see you post a picture of a of a good one.
1: I did, I did. I mean, I, you know, the, the first day when I got up there. I, you know, it's a, it's a tricky line. So the first day, it's a Monday, your Tuesday, Wednesday, you're three (laughs) days away from the start of the tournament. So the first day, even if I got 40 bites and I stuck about a dozen fish that day and I ended up catching two or three keepers and the other eight or 10 or so were non keepers. It was important for me that first day to stick a few because I don't, I didn't know that. Fishery, I don't know the captain. Mm-hmm. they could have all been 12 to 13 and a half inches, it would have done me no good. So I wanted to see a few, one was a good one, one was almost like three and a half pounds. Uh, so that gave me confidence from that point on, the second day of practice, the third day of practice, I never caught another one mm-hmm. in, in practice. So a very similar strategy to Delaware, uh, with the exception, I wanted to see a few the first day, just to make sure they were feeders. I got you. Yeah. Well, I could tell you,
3: something that we, we, or someone we're not having on the show today is uh, is Chris Lane.
5: Oh, uh, that's, he's we right? might, we yeah. might, he might call in later.
3: He might call in later. He, he might is. crank us, he yeah. might crank call. Yeah, he's there. at he his
5: has, th- daughter's birthday party today.
3: Yeah, he's at his daughter's birthday party, but we were talking about it, and um, the one thing that uh, you, you said that really... Uh, is get, is true about Chris is he makes, and he's, he's getting a reputation for making incredibly good decisions under extreme pressure. And, um, and that's a very unique, that's a very unique trait. I mean, it, it's when, when you add pressure, you're going to find someone fold or, yeah. you, or, or you're going to find another guy, a champion somehow finds a way to get better. And Chris just keeps winning and winning and he, he sure did it on, the, especially on the last day of that tournament.
1: Yeah. It seems like when he gets in those situations, his confidence is boosted. It seems like he's fluid to me, you know, from the outside watching it, he's fluid on making changes. That's amazing quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to just be able to change on the last day like that after he spent three days in one area, giving it up and go to a different one to win the event. That's amazing. And the thing that I want to mention, we talked about this, is he's a great closer. You see a lot of guys like Chris, you know, lead tournaments and end up second, third, fourth, respectable. Mm-hmm. But if he gets in that lead, he's
3: very dangerous. He's a closer. Cause you can, you can fold so easily. So many guys it happens to. You have the lead going into the last day of the tournament. Some guys don't even want the lead going into the last day of the tournament right. because of all the pressure <clears throat> yep. that comes with it. Yes. And uh, it's hard. You, you see guys fish defensively, trying to hold on to the win, fishing differently. And uh, yep. and Chris, like you said, he, he seems to make the exact right decisions at the right time. Yeah. One of the best closers in the business. Great closer. Great closer.
1: And we may hear from him tonight. Uh, Chris, uh, if you're watching, uh, happy birthday to your daughter. I know it's her birthday today, so happy birthday to her. And hopefully we hear from you. If not, great tournament. Uh, joining us now
5: no, I via call him. phone. Let me call him, Mike. Uh,
1: and we're going to find out. I'm not <laughs> sure where he's at. He might be at home. We're going to find out in a second. Joining us via phone, the second-place finisher from the Sabine River opening elite event this year. And let me mention, he had a great Bassmaster Classic, and he won an elite event last year mm-hmm. on Table Rock. This dude's hot. Join us live via phone, aka my Bell, Mike McCollum. Mike McCollum, everybody.
2: Hey, Mac, how you doing? i doing
1: good. Hi, Mike, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Can you guys hear me all right? I can hear you. How about can you hear us? I can. You're a little faint, but I know you're
9: down there in East Texas, and things like that happen when you're in East Texas. <laughs>
1: I know, I know. But to make it even worse, we're at the Rabbit Ranch with Officer Mansu, so it's even worse.
9: No um, doubt about it. But uh, man, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I've been watching the show as, as things are going on, and it's been uh, it's been pretty interesting to hear the things that you guys have talked about about the Sabine River.
1: It it was super tough. Uh, you, you know, uh, I, I got to tell you, last year I had a disaster there. So gone air this year I had a renewed appreciation for catching a keeper in that place <laughs> it's a difficult thing to do uh, and and by the way let me let me start Mike by saying amazing start to the year great tournament uh man the buzz around Ike live already I mean I'm looking at my Twitter feed lots of comments and the comment is how the heck did you run that far? That's amazing. How many how many miles round trip was it, Mike? Uh, you, you exaggerated
9: just a little bit while ago. It, it was essentially somewhere between one hundred and fourteen and one hundred and twenty seven miles, depending on if I could run straight across Galveston Bay or if the wind blew. I actually kind of made a, the long way around Galveston Bay and added about fifteen to seventeen miles onto the trip. Wow. That's amazing. So, it,
1: what, it was, so what uh, was the gas situation, Mike? How many times did you have to refuel? I actually
9: was really fortunate this this year. Uh, I refueled twice, but it was just to top it off at the end of the day. I was running a hundred and like nine miles to where I would stop and get fuel. And, and in my opinion, the best decision was to fill the boat completely up when I got there. So I would fill up when I came by the gas station. I would put about 32 to 33 gallons in. I would go fish my hour and a half, two, two and a half hours, whatever uh, I got to fish due to the fog delays. And, and then I would come back out and pop the tank back off. You know, it would only take three to five minutes to put, you know, five to seven gallons in coming back. But I knew without a shadow of a doubt I wasn't going to run out. But, man, you said a while ago, when you're running down that intercoastal, running 72, 74 miles an hour, you're burning up some fuel. I mean, you can't pull back. You don't have time to pull back. So, uh you know, fortunately, the the guys at the Blue Marlin uh, gas stop were there. They were uh, waiting with the pumps in hand. Uh, Super job getting us in and out of there, and it was just a great week and uh, great help from guys, you know, understanding what we were up against.
1: That's awesome. Now, do we? let me make sure we heard you right, because did you get an hour and a half to two hours of fishing each day? That's it? Well, it depended on how long
9: the fog delay was and how rough Galveston Bay was. You remember the first day we had, what was it, nearly a two-hour fog delay?
1: Yeah, really long. If I could run...
9: Perfectly, Not run into any rough water. The fuel stop went good. The fastest I could make a cast. My first cast was never made between or in less than like two hours and four to two hours and seven minutes. That That is absolutely the shortest amount of time that it would be before I made my first cast. You talk about getting in your head. When you have two hours to think about catching them before you even get there to catch them, buddy, it'll screw with you. I'm telling you.
3: Wow. That, that's amazing. I, and Mike, this is Pete. Now that was amazing finish. Congratulations. But did you, I mean, were you fortunate enough in that short time that everything went according to plan? I mean, cause there's no time to make adjustments. Did you have to make adjustments too, to stay with the fish? How was the
7: fishing?
9: You know, there really wasn't any time to make adjustments. And that was the key, was being committed to the plan and what I was going to do when I got there. Essentially, I was fishing a creek, a fairly good-sized creek that had three or four man-made canals. And the fish were basically all either in the spawning phase or they were in a fry-guarding phase. But it was like all of the fish in this creek had swam into these man-made canals. So I really didn't have a lot of water to try to cover. It was just a matter of picking up a bait that I had confidence in, putting my head down, making good presentations, and managing the fish to a degree. I mean, I made the commitment to myself, and when Creed and I talked about going over there, was we weren't going to catch more than five or six a day because we knew how valuable those bites were going to be toward the end of the week. And the first day I caught five. I left the canal. I stopped out on the main creek. I happened to call a time or two, uh, flipping some main river laydowns. But uh, in reality, it was catch them as quick as you can catch them. Maybe try to upgrade a little bit and then get your butt back because you never know what Galveston Bay is going to throw at you. I mean, I've been to a lot of big lakes. I've made some long runs but I don't know that I have ever battled a situation like Galveston Bay can throw at you. It can be brutal out there. It's not that they get big and scary. They just, it's like a washing machine. It's like the Detroit River on Lake St. Clair. It just beats you from one side to the other. You can't go but like 18 or 20 miles an hour and I mean it's an adrenaline rush from the time you put your boat in the water until the time you finally weigh in every afternoon.
1: Yeah, that's a big commitment. And let, and let me remind everybody, uh, you, you know, two other guys fished that area, that general area, right? You had Jeff Cree, uh, and you had uh, Jared Littner both go over there and they, they did it unsuccessfully. So you, you know, you're making it sound easy, but you know, you definitely had, you had things going on that those guys didn't have going on.
9: Things really worked in my favor, man, and, and I'll be honest with you, Mike. I was blessed, and the one thing that I will say that I had working for me was the fact that I made the very same commitment and the very same run two years ago when we were there. So yep. mentally, I had already prepared myself for what I was going to be up against. Uh, Jeff and Jared, neither one had made the complete two-hour-plus two run uh, battling, you know, whether it was fog or rain or whatever the conditions that Mother Nature threw at us, they really weren't prepared for that, and and you have to really settle in. Uh, once you get to an area, you can't try to cover too much water too fast. You just have to slow down, put your head down, and try to catch every bass that bites you. I mean, that's, that's what it was all about, and uh, I really feel like the first day, Jeff tried to cover too much water. He got bit in so many different places. He wanted to catch every two-and-a-half and, and three-pounder he saw bite him in practice, and he couldn't just slow down and fish. The second day, he settled in. He caught a good bag. The third day, he actually caught another good bag, but unfortunately, uh, Galveston Bay got him. He was coming across Galveston. He had an electrical short. Uh, lost his GPS and was basically lost in Galveston Bay for about an hour and a half. Uh, didn't know wow. which way to go because he was out of GPS.
1: That's amazing. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, he was
9: actually uh, 45 minutes late the uh, third day.
1: Wow. Wow. Man, what a feeling that must be mm. being lost because that's like that's like being in the ocean. You know, you yeah. look around, you don't you got no GPS, you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere
3: right we've lost and and, you know it's technology we're lost without our gps these days
7: so important right we're not we're we're not using a compass anymore right man no one has a compass (laughs) hey hey mike i'm dave here um i'd like to to i'd like to cover two things with you mike if i could one is you talked about slowing down you know you make a hundred plus mile run you're pumped up you know you have no time to come off the throttle you have to get there. Your time's limited. What's a tip that you could give to us on how to slow yourself down so that you catch every fish that bites and you're not all jacked up, you know, and you jerk them out of, jerk the bait away from them and you just get pumped up. You mentioned that Jeff probably fished a little too fast once he got there. What, what's a tip there? And then if you could on, on day four, you you were by yourself making that run. What what's that feel like knowing that you're over there all alone and there's no one to save you if something happened?
0: Yeah.
9: You know, the first part of your question, Dave, one thing that I've learned and, and I probably the time that this really came into play was back in two thousand five when I won the open championship on the Alabama River. Uh Typically, any time I start a day off, whether I've had bites in practice doing it or not, I like to start with a moving bait or reaction bait because I feel like if you pick a moving bait up, you pick a reaction bait up, you kind of get a little bit of that adrenaline out of your system. You know, I'll pick a a war eagle spinner bait up, a war eagle buzz bait, a swim jig, something to, to really just kind of work out the kinks. And once I make eight or ten calves, if I'm unsuccessful, if I don't get a bite, then I kind of pick it up and I pick my flipping stick up and it's just like, okay, you have got to slow down. And I feel like if you don't take that opportunity to kind of burn some of that adrenaline really quick, you can fish too fast all day. I generally, uh, power poles were a huge deal for me this week. When I would pull up to the right piece of cover, whether it was a lay down, Uh, an overhanging limb over the water, somewhere where I felt like a bass was spawning, I would put my power poles down and I would pitch at that piece of cover until I absolutely did not think there was a bass there. And many opportunities came where I might pitch at something four or five times before I finally got the fish to bite. But once you caught the first one and realized how fast this deal comes together, it makes a huge difference. I mean, Major League Fishing has been a huge deal in the way i look at bass fishing today versus the way i looked at it 10 years ago when you see that so often a guy that wins an event wins it in 20 or 30 minutes and not the whole day it makes you change your whole outlook on how you go about fishing the tournament day that's great boy. Uh
7: that's a great point No, know i, I I've been in those situations before, and the reason I ask that question is I really don't know how to slow myself down. But what a great tip on picking up, you know, a moving bait and kind of burning some of that adrenaline off real quick so that you can gain your composure and fish the way you know you have to.
9: Now, when you talk about being over there by yourself fortunately i had made that run two years ago by myself and and i knew what i was up against i mean i knew that you know boat us was going to come rescue me if i get blown up in the middle of galveston bay i mean i knew i had options but you know it was just knowing that you had to make the track back and i cut it too close a couple days i mean the second day of the event, when I shut down at the end of the day, and this is after running as hard as you can run for two hours, I had three minutes left. The wow. third day of competition, I actually left 20 minutes earlier thinking I'll get back with no problem. Galveston Bay showed up. Uh, she blew a little bit that day. And when I shut down the third day of competition, the uh, the clock man says, dude, you had four seconds before I was counting you a minute late. So, I mean, everything just worked in my favor. I mean, it's like I said earlier, I, I was super, super blessed. Good Lord was looking out for me and everything worked out. But what was really funny, the fourth day, I've got Wes, the JM camera guy with me. And when I caught my fifth one, I had about an hour and 40, or I'm sorry, about two hours and 40 minutes remaining to get back. And he starts in, you know, when do we have to leave? Don't we need to get headed back? And I'm like, Wes, you know, we're fine, dude. And uh, so then I called once, and, and Wes is like, do we not need to get going? You know, and it's like, Wes, I need to catch one more. You know, I've got a shot at this. And, uh, you know, he was more stressed out about it than even I was. And uh, I actually left uh, with, like, two hours and i think forty two minutes the final day to get back in and i actually got back in like twenty five minutes earlier i had some time to burn you know once i actually got back in but uh... Dude, you just don't ever know what you're going to be up against the barge traffic you know that's another thing we haven't talked about it's one thing dealing with galveston bay but when you get in that intercoastal i mean it's like i heard two or three guys say on stage Some of those ships are like the Exxon Valdez. I mean, these things are massive, and they're throwing five- and six-foot waves, and it might take you, you know, three or four minutes to get around one of them before you could open it up again. So there was all kinds of things that could really put you in a bind down there.
1: Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and, you know, I, I can tell you a lot of people complained about that location, the Sabine uh, but I love it. I love it. I love it for the fact of, of this story, you know, like this is amazing for the sport to see this. You know what I mean? Like what other sport can this shit happen? You know, like that is amazing. I love it. I love it. uh, I I will have to say that some of the funnest events,
9: in my opinion, are events like this. The ones that you can totally get away from everybody. You can run 80 or 90 miles. I mean, I've done the same thing on the Mississippi River two or three times. It just seems like if I had the opportunity to run away from everybody, not fish in a crowd, that's what I want to do. Um, man, the last thing I want to do is fish in a crowd like you guys contended with. And, you know, the way I look at this, Ike, and you need to back me up on this. I mean, I've staked my claim on the Houston area. The next time we show up at the Sabine River, nobody else needs to show up in Houston. Would you not agree? <laughs> uh, do, I,
1: do I hear a little bit of Tommy Biffle in your voice, Mike? <laughs> oh, oh, No. <laughs> uh. That, that's awesome. But I, I got to tell you, man, it's a uh, it's a great start to the season for you. Uh, you know, we've got you know we've got a lot of events left. Are you thinking AOI right now in your mind, or are you just thinking about the next event?
9: I definitely am because I, like many other guys, have started the year with a bad tournament. the The only year that I competed for AOI in a strong fashion was the year that I won the Harris Chain the first event of the year. And uh, without a doubt, when you have the momentum rolling, when you have the confidence brewing, you can't put it out of your mind. You have to keep it in your mind. You have to fish like you're fishing for that title. And however the year ends up, I'm going to know from this start it's my best opportunity in a lot of years to compete for an Aoy, and uh, it's something that uh, has been a huge goal of mine, you know, ever since I started this uh, this career. And uh, you know, the classic and the Aoy are the two things that I feel like I'm missing in my career. And uh, I'm going to give it everything I got this year. I'm going to take some risks. Uh, when I need to fish conservative, I'm going to fish conservative. But I don't know that you can win an Aoy title in this day and age of the Elite Series fishing conservatively. I think you have to fish by the seat of your pants. I think you got to let it all
7: hang out
9: and you got to make good decisions and just go with it.
7: I agree. I agree. I definitely agree. Hey, Mike, um, you know, you had a strong finish last year. You won won an event. You had a great classic, obviously a great start to this season. Has something happened uh, recently or have you changed something about your approach that has created this this momentum for you um, that you could
4: share with us
9: you know more than anything it's just like you said momentum and confidence uh you know, the Bassmasters Classic was, uh, I was pumped for that event. I really felt like I had a shot to win. And, you know, given a few more bites, uh, could I have run Casey down? Maybe not. But, I mean, I felt good about the event. Uh, then we go to Ron Barnett for the first Open of the year. And I have a phenomenal first day. I lead the event. Ran into some struggles the second day, but I didn't let it get me down. And, and that's the one thing that, uh I have to relate back to Major League Fishing. I mean, you're probably getting tired of hearing me say Major League Fishing, but I'm telling you, when you compete under that format and you understand how this tournament fishing really goes down, it totally changes your outlook on things. You know, Mike has said it for years, you never give up. And the reason you never give up is because in minutes, the whole outcome of your day can change. I mean, Chris Lane beat me in the last 25 minutes of this event. I was leaving until he made a decision to go somewhere else and catch his last two fish. So more than anything, it's just the confidence, never doubting what I'm doing. I mean, if I make a decision to do something, I go at it 110%, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I don't doubt my decision, and I don't beat myself up
1: about it. Outspan. So that's a great Outstand. attitude, yep. and that's and that's how you win. You know, yeah. that's how you win fishing like that. Hey, Mike, uh, thanks for jo- uh, carving some time out for us tonight. Uh, definitely very interesting, awesome story. Running that big run like that. Before we let you go, do you want to tell everybody how they could follow you? Uh, you want to mention your website or your Facebook site or any of that? I
9: absolutely, dude. I
1: appreciate
9: it, um, Mike McClellan. Professional Angler on uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook fan page. Uh, I am actually under the handle of Stratus Mike on Twitter. And uh, Mike uh, com or com is my website. Uh, be sure and look me up. And, uh, dude, you got to do something about that boy of yours. I, I mean, train that boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh-huh. You're, uh, right. Uh, you're right you're uh, right I've got my hands full <laughs> uh, Michael Cullen everybody uh, congrats Mike appreciate it you thanks so much always been one uh, of the classiest most respected
5: guys on tour That's
7: true.
5: thanks Mike we appreciate thank you, you man I appreciate it Thanks,
7: Have a good night, buddy
1: wow what a great story, dude yeah. hey. he <laughs> went to the end of the earth oh, and man. back three yeah. yeah. four yeah. days yeah. in a row yeah. he 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 in the curve yeah. it's crazy
3: yeah. Creed
1: short now yeah. Not getting back in Yeah, yeah. 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 Jared Littner two, two other guys That tried to do it You yeah. know and, and you know The world being flat And having an edge to it Yeah Dave Brodzik actually Still believes that
2: <laughs> What That the world's flat
1: It's uh, Well you know You know <laughs> When you make those
3: Long runs man It's So much has to go right You know what I mean If, if the little Bittiest thing goes mm-hmm. wrong You know It can take you out And that's the big gamble
6: Who would you do know? that I would never make A big run dude you know what I mean? I wouldn't totally make a bad. big run.
7: Yeah. yeah, right, dude. How about how about the first day? <laughs> you got a, almost a two-hour fog. Two-hour fog And he still made the run. And he
1: still made the run. That's I crazy. I was panicking, and I was only going an hour. I, <laughs> I was going 55 how miles. How many guys I you panicking. think backed off your original plan? A lot. I bet you a lot. Because we had a fog lay actually, every day. It was a little less each day, but every day, I'm sure guys adjusted on the fly. Mm-hmm. Did you hey. guys ever run into that? Like, when they lift the fog, they lift the fog delay, they
3: let you go. Well, you know what? Fog is di- thicker in different parts
1: yes. of the estuary. Yep. Did, did you ever run into fog banks and have to navigate Well site? I, I didn't in that event run it east. I don't know about the guys running west, but I did in other events. Like mm-hmm. I can remember an FLW um, out of like – it was either out of Biloxi and I was running the Pasigula or it was out of Pasigula and I was running the Biloxi. Pretty big run through the Gulf. And I remember hitting the Gulf and it being like just – you couldn't see two feet in front of your face. No. And I ran GPS the whole way. No ra- no radar, GPS. And I remember running out there here. hearing, <laughs> <and you're> like,
2: <laughs> Hey, Pete, you might you remember know. this. Pete, do you remember about 10 years ago, the Ever- there was an Everstar Championship on Pickwick, and they sent us out in like, the same kind of fog, and all you heard was everyone's outboards around you, but you couldn't see them, and everyone's just looking That's at their scary. GPS screen, driving straight ahead, dude. Do you remember that one?
10: Yeah,
3: I remember that. And that's the scariest, most dangerous situation that you can be in because what yeah. will happen is some, if you're running, it's almost dangerous to slow down because if you slow down, you're get there's a very good <laughs> chance those people behind you are not. They're going to keep coming, and yeah. they, can, they can run you over. They can smash into you. So it, that's a great point. I mean, one of the things I do whenever I'm running in that situation, I, I, if I decide to stop because it's too thick, man, I bank left or bank right and I get myself on the bank and I get the heck out of the way because yeah. the people get so adrenaline filled and they don't they don't slow down in that stuff to, you know, to risk their health and safety and everybody yeah. else around them. Scary.
1: It, it's,
7: it's a scary Yeah, situation. you're more worried
1: about the other guy than you are of what you're doing. You yeah. Yeah. The
7: bad feeling is when you start you start sensing those boat wakes and you know somebody's <laughs> yeah. boat, and you don't and see them. You know where they are.
5: Hey, hey, Mike. Scary. Can uh can we get uh Dave to maybe sit on Pete's lap or or <laughs> right now, on his shoulder Right now we got Yeah, we got Mansu live and I feel and about like I am
0: already yeah. How's yeah. that
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. You guys I are like really, really happy. Sure at the, at it's like
2: looking at a geriatric <laughs> Hollister commercial.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mike, <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> hey, Ike and I Ike and Ellie, you hear that? Wait right a do the wave, do the wave.
1: Oh. <laughs> Way too white, the guys.
2: Mike, did you hear? We had an IM comment. Someone said it looks like a it, looks like a geriatric Hollister commercial. <laughs>
5: Hollister Senior. <laughs>
3: yeah. That's
5: pretty awesome. So, so yeah, we're we're back to about a quarter, Pete. I got <clears throat> Pete. Quarter <laughs> Pete. Yeah, I got a quarter Pete and half a Mike. So if you guys could each just like overlap a leg or something. Yeah. There we go, I kind of like it that way
1: Here's here's the the inherent problem If we get closer this way You
5: can hear us Yeah, I know
1: Further back this way we get the more you can't hear what we're saying. That's yeah. the inherent problem.
5: No, no, I, I understand.
2: Do it like you're sitting next to a fat person at a baseball game. Like your shoulders got to go in front of Mansu's, then Mansu's shoulders got to go in front of Pete. <laughs> <laughs> we got to layer it. You got to layer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you <stagger> it?
3: <laughs>
5: we have to stagger. Yeah.
4: <laughs> hey, we're hey, ready let, to let, go to the next step one. let
1: me jump in real quick and I want to put Bob Solly on the spot. And you know he just, all this talk had, about
4: he walked all out.
1: This, you, you need tackle. You need equipment, you know, 30, 40 rods, you know, bags and pounds of plastics, a thousand boxes of crankbaits. Yeah. I'll put you on the spot, Bob. I got your your ex partner sitting here. Did Bob does Bob carry his stuff in a brown paper bag or what, dude? <laughs> It's Walmart bag. It's a Walmart bag. <laughs> it's a Walmart bag. That's amazing yep. to me. Yep. Still, yep. to this day. Exactly. Yep. Hey, Mansu.
7: Uh-huh. Hey, man in Sue is your wife through, still uh, around? bag that he lifted from Man Mansu, is your wife in? still there?
2: <laughs> I got brown paper bag stories, but I don't know if your wife wants to hear it. <laughs> Actually, Dave, the real Bob just sat down. He stepped out.
6: Go ahead, Bob. They're, they're making fun of you. What, what are you making fun about? That man? was <laughs> Lay it on me, guy. I know why they call it the Rabbit Ranch, dude. I ain't even getting into it, though, man. You know what I mean, dude? I'm tell- <laughs> part part of that is you sitting on Pete's lap. I know that for sure.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, a good look. let me remind everybody at home. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your feedback. Uh, you can hit us up on our instant messaging right there next to your screen. You could also hit us up on Twitter, Mike underscore Iconelli on Twitter We want to hear from you. Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna make a shift here in a couple minutes. This is this is an I want to say this is a cool part of the show because this is. Groundbreaking, uh, topic here. Let, let me preface this next segment by telling you that no one, let me get closer when I say that. No one has really tackled this story yet. Um, uh, <laughs> we saw a blurb about it on BassFan. Um, uh, you know, but as far as digging into the story and the consequences of the story, we're the first ones to do it. I'm kind of excited about that. I'm interested to hear the personal details, um, and see what the
3: guys think and that we're involved in it. But I will tell you this, Fan has updated their coverage. Okay. They have, they have dove in a, a little bit and, uh, and, and exposed a few more details. Yep. Um, but you know, there's, there's a lot going on. Bass made a ruling the DQ. That's what we're talking about, yep. right? There's been a major disqualification in another Bassmaster Elite event. And we're just the people to talk about it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely.
4: Hey, so hey they, guys. That,
3: that's what's going on. And uh, we're going to have the guys on that are going to be talking about it. The, it was a DQ. It was reversed. You know? That, that, reversed. How often does that happen? Has right. it
1: ever happened? I don't think it has. It was reversed. I mean, a ruling that they made late, a week later mm-hmm. was reversed. And, of course, we're going to talk about it. There are effects of that down the line.
3: Every DQ has ramifications. Right. But this and one this, more than anything else. No, no, this one
6: I is
4: different,
3: like Pete. I whispering in your ear. And you are. <laughs> 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 have you ever been DQ'd?
4: It's not the first time.
1: <laughs> I, I, have been, I have never been DQ'd.
4: Oh, shocking, shocking. Do we
1: have an authority here? I've been DQ'd. I think I own the record. How about a reversal? DQ. Have you ever had a reversal? I've, I've never reversal. had a reversal. But how many I've times have you been DQ'd, time? Mike? How
6: many times? Yeah. I know at I, least twice. Yeah,
1: I want to say three uh, times. <laughs> I, I want to say probably three or four over the years. Yeah, and, and I and I don't take the blame for any of them. Nah. And, Mike, what are the chances? Hey, Mike. We're always going to blame somebody else. My fault.
2: Mike, what would have been the chances that you arrived with four seconds to spare? They'd be like, I'm sorry, you're late, dude. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'd spin
1: the clock forward. Yeah, sorry, <laughs>
2: clock stopped two minutes ago when you were late.
1: No, but, uh, but seriously, uh, you know, this is neat because let me remind everybody, we're, we're going to approach this. From a very objective standpoint, Ike Live as a show, we're we're not going to uh, politically stand on any front. We're we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have the parties evolve. We're gonna let them talk. Uh, we're gonna kind of expose the facts, and then there are bigger issues that we're gonna uncover. And I, I'll mention those real quick, and especially the first one, which is water right issues. That's something we all need to pay attention to because that's. That, that affects everyone that fishes is access to water, public water, or what should be public water. That's a big issue. We're going to bring that up. We're going to talk about a lot of other stuff. This is going to be interesting. What do you think, Brian De Carpenter? Woo!
5: You ready for me to dial him up?
4: <laughs> hey, before we dial them up, I've been trying to say this for three minutes, but you guys talk too fast. Uh, we had a guy, CJ, who I am then – And he has been listening to us since he's been deployed in Afghanistan. So, hats off to that. Thanks, CJ. Stay safe, dude.
7: Thanks, CJ. We appreciate your service. Be safe. What is he,
4: a Marine? What is he? He didn't say. CJ, type in.
6: Well, he would have told you if he was a Marine, dude.
4: (laughs) Bob Soli for Marine, everybody.
1: Bob wanted to know what branch of service he was in.
4: Thanks, Bob. (laughs)
1: All right, so this is, uh, Brian, are We are we going, Friday? would you like to, uh, I'm going to dial
5: him up right we now. We
1: take a small break? No. Before we go, or do you want to go? Uh,
5: I want to go right now. Let me, okay. let me dial him now. He's telling me he's, uh, trying to hang in cell phone service area, so he's, he's ready to do this.
1: Okay. All, All right. right. We're going to, uh, uh, hey, let me thank everybody again for tuning in. This is Ike Live. Uh, we want to hear from you. Hit us up on IM, hit us up on Twitter. We want to hear from you. Uh, it's exciting. I don't know what to make of what's going to happen here, but.
3: Well, it's controversial, man. I mean, you know, we just had this discussion here already and it gets, it gets heated because of the opinions and there's two stories. I mean, there's a lot of different stories here, you know? And, uh, depending on how you look at it, um, I mean, it, it, it's good for the sport. Is it bad for the sport? Is it, you know, right? Is this, there, there's a lot of things here that I think are good. Yeah. You know, like they had the, the, um, reversal. Hey so guys, they, they, they the one cool thing, and they reversed the decision. Uh, uh, anglers having a voice and being able to do that is it's a, a, is, a is
1: a pretty good, thing. A good like, so can Step can, in the know? right direction. Yeah, so the but,
2: coolest thing though about this, Mike, if this happened in another sport, 20 outlets would have already had the guys on and spoke to them. We are the only bass fishing outlet that are going to have both guys on and tell their stories in person and not in print.
1: That's awesome, isn't it?
2: Pretty outstanding. That's awesome.
1: That's awesome. It needs to happen. You know, people need to know, and then that's how you're going to grow, grow the sport. You know, it's going to advance. Hopefully, we're uh, we're part of that. Like live, <laughs> yeah. Actually, this is a good moment for me. I'm going to take a pee break. I think I'm getting nervous. My bladder's full.
5: <laughs> uh, He's
7: going
1: no. to pee on the truck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
7: Hey. Yeah. Hey Dennis.
2: Hey yes. Dennis. Thanks for joining Like Live, my friend. This is Dave. How are you tonight? Oh, uh, doing good. So let's just jump right into it, then. Everyone's pretty much familiar with the protest that you had filed. Uh Uh-huh. If you would, in your own words, uh, if you care to explain exactly what transpired, timelines, and just explain to everyone your side of it, because we've heard, more people have heard the other side, the side that was reversed, more so than yours, if you just care to explain it.
11: Okay, I mean, during during the the event, uh, you know, on Friday evening, uh, let's go back to... uh, to, uh, several weeks before the event, just just so you know uh, why the the, the uh, call was made. Um, you know my sponsor is Gross Savant, okay, and they own Sweet Lake Land and All North American Land Company. So weeks prior to the tournament, we had discussions: Are we gonna are we gonna be able to allow to fish Sweet Lake Land and All? Absolutely not. That's what was told. Well,
2: Dennis, who did you have discussions with? With Sweet Lake or with Bass?
11: No, with Sweet Lake. I okay. Mean, they're, they're my sponsor. So, so you know, over that time frame, you know, they, they said that, that they had treated tournaments that way forever, and it was going to be off limits for anybody fishing. They didn't allow public fishing. So... You know, that drew the line right there and, and when Bass made the the call that that all Miami Corporation waters and waters uh um, private Marsh waters that are private were off limits. They never said Sweet Lake Land and all, but they said any waters that's not open to every fisherman is not open water. Okay? So basically whenever the tournament was over for me and we're at supper Friday night and they told me, they said, Oh, by the way, we uh ran out two guys today, um, Mike Turner and Nate Wellman. I said, Out of where? And he said, Out of the may know you did since Sweet Lake Land and all I said, well, that's private. He said, exactly. He said, we told them they were trespassing.
10: Nate Wellman left
11: immediately. And I think Mike made a call or or whatever to to verify. Okay. And I understand Mike's situation because, you know, he, he probably might have thought that it was, it was open later in, in discussions. I see where he admitted crossing privately on land. Um,
2: you know, in what, internet, what discussions? What does when you say in discussions? Who did I you did talk to him?
11: I read it on back then or okay. whatever he said that the the owner of uh, or the manager of uh, Coastal Prairie, where Mike said he was going to, uh, and he knew he was going to a certain line that became public water. Well he had to know he was crossing private property and in louisiana louisiana law is is a trespassing law and anywhere we go in the country we have to abide by state law um if i had been in there i would have been trespassing um you know and i think I don't think he'd be such a big stink had I not been in 54th place and had that not been my sponsor. But I would have reported it if I was 113th. I would have reported it if I was first. We have that obligation to report, and that's what I did. Now, all I did was tell Bass what was told to me, and that was they ran out, Mike and Nate, Mike, uh, said that he had fish there the day before. That's what I reported to Bass, and Bass took it under their investigation.
2: So Dennis, and they made
11: their ruling.
2: So Dennis, when you were speaking with uh, Sweet Lake prior to the event as to whether or not they were going to open it up, was there any mention as to why it wasn't posted private if their intent were to keep anglers out? And, and they second, don't
11: have to
0: post it.
2: In no, I understand that. But then, they yet okay. the decision was made on the second day to post that it was private. Is there any no, insight that, as to why that happened? That
0: that
11: right there was a decision strictly from Sweet Lake Land and all. I had nothing to do with that portion of it, and I was, um, you know, that was part of the protest of me saying that I was involved in that. I have no, I had no dealings with them at all the week of the tournament and whenever you know they they said and in fact they wrote a letter to bass saying that those signs were purchased the week in advance and given to the guy that patrols the area to replace signs that have been taken down or whatever right and they do that all the time because they have trouble with trespassing okay. and in cameron Parish. Normally they arrest them and bring them to jail, but it is a violation of Louisiana state law. And you know, if she on the other foot, if I would have been in there, I would have got crucified because it was my
2: sponsor's property. Well, that but that's you know? where, so, that's the whole crux of everyone's curiosity. You know, uh-huh. the fact that you fell one spot behind him. That that's kind of just uh, kind of just, uh, and I, it's not it's not anything that any can draw a conclusion on. But the fact that you're sponsored by them, and you also did you file a protest against Nate Wellman, who you knew to be in the canal at the same time? No, they what what happened? I didn't even know that that Bass had already talked with him. Okay,
11: and when I notified Bass of Nate Wellman and Kernan, they said yes. Nate showed up and left immediately. And Kernan was the only one that admitted fishing there the day before. Understood. And so that's why the protest was made on Kernan and not on Nate Well, Now that was Bass's ruling on me was to, to, I mean, they knew about it. I didn't know about Bernie Schultz till Bass fan report. And obviously, a guy that had brought him had explained to him that it was probably private. And he was surprised that, that uh, Mike had gone that far. And, you know, I mean, we're none of us are perfect, okay? And I'm not perfect. Mike's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Now, I don't want to wish bad on anybody, but we do have to abide by state law no matter where we go.
2: Right, but I, I, I guess uh, to just, to, just to kind of deviate for a second, what are your thoughts on bass bringing events to bodies of water with such convoluted, confusing rules as to where you can and can't fish, and if it's posted, you can't go in, but if you go in and someone says it's private, it could be anyone sitting on the shoreline with a cane pole that tells you it's private, then you got to leave. What are your thoughts well, on bringing I'm, such a high-level event to such a, a confusing location?
11: That's right, and and I think I think it was Bass's problem by making the comment like that. Because bottom line, we are still have to abide by state law. We come to California, we say, "Man, those those laws out there are crazy." We go to Wisconsin, we say those laws are crazy, but we still have to abide by them. They're no crazier than Louisiana trespass laws.
2: No, I agree, Senator. Senate Resolution 115 is one of the most confusing legislative uh, rulings I've ever read uh, in, in terms of what's deemed private. It's the only—it's really one other than what the military can restrict. It's one of the few places where they restrict free-flowing water. But anyone else have any questions for Dennis?
7: Yeah, I, I got a question
3: for Dennis. I mean, they, they had a—that's uh, reversed the disqualification. Uh, you know, they said he was in a a legal area, and then they reversed that, or I wouldn't say they reversed the decision, the appeals committee lifted the DQ. Do you have any thoughts on that, or opinions on, you know, whether that was right, wrong, or otherwise? Well,
11: you know, I mean, we that's why there is an appeals process, and we have to accept what decisions are made on on the appeals, whether we agree with them or not, but you know, it, it, you know, I guess it comes down to, you know, Bass's decision. Uh, you know, as a as lead angler, we we are required to report immediately, you know, if we hear of an infraction, and that's exactly what I did. Uh, you know, do I wish I was in 56? Exactly, I do, because it wouldn't be such a big old thing. But, you know, on the other hand, if Anybody would have known it was public. It would have been me. I would have been in there. I promise you. But I know it's private. Greg hadn't even called Sweet Lake Land on. Asked him if it was going to be, uh, you know, uh, private. And they said absolutely no one is allowed in there, not even Dennis. And you know, so you know, what do you do when you when you find out that that an angler is fishing on on private water what do you do you're wrong if you don't report it you know you're 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 crucified you know if you do report it and it makes somebody mad uh, you know i i hate it from Mike. i hate i hate the bad publicity for bass i hate it for all of us. but you know at the end of the day we still have to abide by the rules
2: Dennis, I do have a question. Who notified you of Kernan fishing in that location on Friday night? That
11: was the operations manager at Sweet Lake Land and Old. On Friday.
2: Yeah, on
6: Friday night, correct? Did, did he ask you to contact the tournament director, or you just did that on your own? No, I did that on my own. I said, I said you know, I have to report that. Did you do it did you do it in writing or you just text him or called him or No, I I, I text
11: him immediately at the dinner table. We were sitting there at the dinner table and I texted him exactly what what I heard and and he said we will look into it and investigate it. And that's where it started.
6: Did he call you because you you're obviously sponsored by him so they could kinda of go through you to to you know follow up on on well you and, uh... know you know
0: anytime
11: you're in a, in a local area and you're the local guy you're gonna be the one that everybody talks to I promise you and yeah being as my sponsor, I was talking to him at the dinner table and he he said oh you know we ran out to you today well I mean what do you, what do you do you know I'm wrong if I don't report it I'm just as guilty so you know it. Uh, you know not everybody's going to agree with it. and I understand
2: that. Yeah. But, how how many signs? How many signs were banged up? You said that there was a receipt showing that signs were purchased the week before. How many signs oh, I that have day?
0: Because
2: no I'm just curious as to how many signs were. You know, you say people constantly remove signs. I know that that happens. I don't know. That that letter
11: was wrote to Bass, and I have no. I have no idea. Um. You know. Oh, that, that's policy from Sweet Lake Land and all, and it's not, I have nothing to do with that. Only time I'm allowed on Sweet Lake Land and all property is when I'm guiding for them. Right. I'm not even allowed to go bun fishing out there because it's trespassing.
3: Yeah. It's, I, uh, you're, I, you're in a, you're in a tough spot, Dennis. I know because the media is kind of, or, you know, I guess the Facebook crowd is kind of sticking it to you. You're, you're, if you, if you report it, you know, you're a bad guy amongst the, the anglers, and if you don't, you're, you know, you're responsible to to, to make that report. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, in my opinion, I, I think you did what you had to do. And, uh... And, look, I've read every comment,
11: good, negative, bad, and I, I take everyone to heart, okay? I really do. Um, everybody's subject to voice their opinion. But, you know, some are ugly. They really are. And, You know, there's no evil intent in anything that's gone on, and and at the end of the day, me and Mike are still professional anglers, and we want this sport to be a professional sport, and and I think I think we both, you know, agree on that, and you know, you know, I hope hope at the end of the day there's there's not hard feelings, you know, but you know, we're we're not perfect in this world.
2: Hey, Dennis, we have an instant message process yeah, okay. to our show here and we invited instant messengers to ask you questions are you okay with answering a couple
6: yeah i got one thing that you know tell you beforehand is that uh i was in a very similar situation that you were in and what happened was i fished with a guy in a draw tournament who got a ticket on the water when i was with him and i called the tournament director to report it after the scales had closed at the time and they ended up dq and me even though I called the tournament director a reporter, I, w- I did exactly what you did, Dennis. Did and, you make that call? You know, you kind of—it kind of made me look like the bad guy for some reason. You know what I mean? I well, was well, just doing what I. Was that,
11: Dennis, did
0: you that <laughs>
6: event? am <laughs> <laughs> just doing what I felt was right, and I'm the guy that got DQ'd. <laughs> well, you know, and that,
11: you know, if uh, that if that's the case, then that that is wrong also. But you know, tournament directors need to. Really look, and maybe this is a a really a learning situation for all of us. Um, you know, really need to look at, at, you know, really what, what can take place. And, uh, you know, so often we don't see things like this happening. And, uh, unfortunately they did.
2: They did. And Dennis, I appreciate your, I appreciate how candid you were with how everything happened because it does appear bizarre it does appear almost as if there's a collusion but you've been so honest with absolutely, it. the way you explained it
11: i i totally see what everybody sees okay and 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 it's very um you know it's easy to go on that route but you know if you look back you know at the, at the say let's take the first tournament last year i the second day of the tournament i i called in a uh an infraction on myself cost me 22 places you know, knock me out of the cut I'm not opposed to calling in on myself and I'm not opposed to calling in on somebody else if I know the facts of the infraction
2: How did that call go, Dennis? Where you're like, hey, Trip, this is Dennis TJ I got a report an infraction on Dennis TJ, how's that go, dude?
11: Well, you know, basically it like that I, said, I called Tripp, said Tripp I got a problem.
6: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I guess that you have to, you know, if it would have came came out later on that you didn't call in, I think it would have been an uglier situation than this. No, absolutely. Calling the tournament director and saying, "Hey, this ball's in your court. I'm telling you what happened out there. You make the call." You know what I mean? Instead, well, of like we we're,
11: we're 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 bound by that, but I can tell you, even on this situation, had I called, had had. Say Wednesday of the following week. You know, we had a discussion, and Trip found out that I knew about that infraction on Friday. Well, now I'm in as much trouble as anybody, right. or maybe even worse, because I did not
2: report it. Hey, let's. We're going to go to instant message. J3, okay. what do you got, buddy?
4: Um, a guy's asking, is it not a rule violation by someone calling DT and telling him? whether another angler was fishing, is that is that not information from an outside source that could help someone if the person was whacking them in another area, rules violation, blah, blah, blah. So in other words, the
2: Instant Messenger is asking you, if you believe that Sweet Lake informing you that another angler was in a specific area, is that receiving information from an outside source not affiliated with the tournament?
10: well at that
11: point in time i was out of the tournament but but no because it What's was that? it was a rule infraction and and knowing that i knew that we couldn't fish in there it wouldn't have mattered if i knew about it or not i mean that that was not i can talk about fishing in private water all i want to that's
0: okay? a good point. we
11: and and the the thing was i think one of the the, the comments uh, and maybe it was in my protest or whatever that that Dennis TJ did not see me in there on day one or day two well that's true because if I would have I'd have been breaking the run, breaking the law
2: got gotcha. you any more any more instant message uh, I got a
3: question I got a question before we go to the next one uh I read where byron V witnessed this as well. Um, on Thursday. Did, yeah, on Thursday. Did, um, Dennis, did you, did, did your sponsor see anybody else in there or, or, man, should, did Byron see it? Shouldn't Byron be dq would or shouldn't he be responsible to protest too? What do you from, know about Byron's From what the letter to
11: Bash stated was the guy patrolling the waters did not patrol there on Thursday. Only patrolled there on Friday. Okay. So I think Byron was there on Thursday from what Byron said or, or whoever reported that. Um you know, um you know, if, if Byron saw Mike going in the back or or who whoever it was that, that that commented that they couldn't believe he was going because they 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 felt it was private, why didn't they report it?
2: Well, Byron you know, Velvic specifically stated he wasn't sure, because it's so confusing. Everyone was confused as to what was fishable and what was not, as uh, per the map that was provided to them by bass. So Velvic was quoted as saying that his guide uh, informed him it was unauthorized. So, but it, he, he was confused. Map, he just didn't know. Yeah,
11: on, on the map that bass supplied to us was a state land-owned um, map, and, you know, it shows public accessible water in blue i looked at the map uh everything else is in white uh uh it was uh uh state state owned land was in a different color blue uh land that was in your own risk was in red uh and then there was a disclaimer in there and and i think it said something about um you know um so, something, something to the to the fact that maybe uh, it wasn't exact, and anglers are responsible for for knowing where they're fishing. Or uh, I guess, are, and,
2: I, and I don't, I don't direct this at you because you obviously don't write the policy, but specifically the Bell right. City drainage ditch, that's marked white when well, that's clearly open. It has a boat ramp in it. So it's, all a using,
0: drain,
11: it's a drainage ditch. It's not a, it's not a private marsh.
2: But it's marked uh, white. There,
11: there's, there's other drainage ditches over, uh, east, uh, you know, they come into the rivers and they're marked drainage ditches, you know, and, and those have never been, uh, as far as I know, not, no drainage ditches are private. Um, gotcha. You know, and, you know, there's, you know, the, the area down there that these people own are so vast. Um, tens of thousands of acres Um, you know it's very easily to understand that they can't patrol everything and it's up to us at the end of the day it's up to us as anglers to know where we're fishing and you know I I don't know I think Byron said something about he had a guide that took him over there I don't know how Mike found it whether uh, maybe he was misinformed I'll ask him that. that told him that It was over. I don't know. And I'm not going to speculate. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it comes down to it. It's not good. It's not good for anybody, but we do need to address the situation. And, uh, you know, and, and I do. I hate it. I hate it for Mike. You know, I, I, you know, I know, uh, you know, what he goes through and, and I know what I've been going through. And, and, you know, it's, it's not, any evil is not intended or directed at Mike by me in no in no means. Um, you know I'm just I'm just following the rules.
2: Dennis, let me ask you this: Say you were from New Jersey and you talked <laughs> with marbles in your mouth like we do. If you do you think you would be able to interpret that map and make the same assessment that you make as a local? Do you think that you would know that the Sweet Lake drainage was off limits and that some of these other ones that are people people were confused about? Do you think it's that clear? That you, if you weren't familiar with it, you'd be able to look right at it, and that the map was accurate, and you know exactly where you're supposed to be versus where you're not.
11: you know, I don't. I don't know that you're going to do it by the map, but if you know Louisiana a trespass laws and their waterways, all you have to do is ask a local there, and they'll 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 tell you whether it's, it's public or private.
5: I got you. Dennis, have you spoken? The
11: same same way goes with any any other state that we go to, I have to ask. You know, I don't know. So if there's ever a doubt in my mind, I ask. You know, but like I say, at the end of the day, we're not perfect. You know, we're going to make mistakes, and and we're going to make more mistakes the older we get.
5: Dennis, have you spoken to Mike personally since this has happened?
11: No, I have. I haven't.
4: Okay i got i got a question for you and you know we all tournament fish here and i'm just curious why why didn't you let your sponsor make the phone call and kind of keep the heat off yourself you know because you know when you're out there fishing you don't want to make enemies and all that kind of stuff so i'm just curious why did you take the heat for it i mean because obviously you you have to be i'm sure you're getting both Uh, ends of the fence but you know why not let them take the heat
11: because I'm the ang- angler directly uh, tied to the permit official, and I'm sitting at the table side by side with the guy reporting it, and I told that to trip. I'm sitting here at the table, and I've been notified, you know, of, of this infraction, and that's how it went. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it wasn't up to me to ask him to make that call. I knew about it. I
0: got a report it.
4: And, there, and there's nothing wrong with that, and I, you know, I was just curious, you know, why you chose that way. Because I'm not sure which way I would have chose. You know, I, I might have been a little nervous to to pull the trigger on that myself. So, you know, well, I, he's a know, Cajun. I, Cajuns pull the trigger, I, man. Come on.
11: <laughs> I totally understand the views of everybody. I really do. Um, you know, it, it. But at the end of the day, I, I promise you, I would have called it whether I was in 113 or if I was in first, and. You know, it, you know, and all this. If if I'm if I'm hated for being honest, then I'm gonna be very
6: hated. <laughs> I think he did the right thing, man. That's the way I look at it. You know, what happens if like Mike was fishing on a Delaware last year, and somebody called him up and said, "Hey, there's some guy fishing in some off limits spot." You know, what would Mike have done?
2: Well, Mike doesn't you know? answer the phone, so well, that's true. But yeah, he had he would have been yeah yeah. He yeah. don't yeah. eat with anyone, yeah. and he
6: doesn't answer the phone, so that's don't true. Worry about it.
2: <laughs> But, so listen, hey, at the Rabbit Ranch, anyone at the Rabbit Ranch have a question?
7: I, I just wanna, I, I wanna say, I wanna say something and then ask, uh, ask Dennis a, a real quick question if I can. Um, Dennis, first off, it's a catch-22, man. I, I, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know, obviously you're following the rules. Um, it's well within the rules and you have your rights, you know, your right to, to uh, file, uh, the protest. Um, and, and and you know it's clear that you feel strongly that it was your obligation and i I, uh, I respect that um, the the question I have is you know we've all been at tournaments you know registration meetings or whatnot where there's some confusion or a local angler has a little bit more information than everyone else who hasn't been there and uh, you know it's, the, it's sometimes it's a simple thing of you know a tournament director asking, you know, hey, is that particular bridge wake or no wake? Um, you know, things of that nature. You know, if these, if this situation were to present itself again, where you had intimate knowledge that this area was, was private and, and off limits, I mean, you know, w- would you address this differently? I,
11: I had many anglers, uh, honestly on this tournament ask me questions, uh, call me on the phone asking me if, if, uh, you know, this area's off limits and, you know, such and such. And, you know, I answer them. The problem with getting an angler to do that to me is, is, well, now, you know, I'm, I'm telling you where I'm fishing. <laughs> you know, so, you know, a lot of anglers uh, aren't trustworthy enough to, to ask, say, another local angler. They would be better off asking a local
10: person.
2: Well, Dennis, thanks for coming on the show, my friend. You have been, well, you've, thanks, been, you've been straight, straight saying, up. You know what? And sometimes standing for what you believe means standing alone. And that's what you're doing now. And uh, we appreciate it here.
11: Yeah, you well, thank, yeah. Thank y'all for letting us, uh, you know, tell the story and hopefully clarify, you know, what a lot of people really didn't know or, or, um, and you know, I know people will have their, their opinions and I respect that. Uh, but, um, you know, let's make this, this sport. A really good sport, and something that we all can be proud of, and and I think we are proud
2: of it. Well, thanks, Dennis. Appreciate it, my friend. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you man. Well, well, guys. I mean, he was straightforward. He answered every question. There was no stammer, no stutter. He was direct. He, he answered was- everything.
3: <laughs> the police are here.
2: <laughs> what do you hey What do you think, Chief? Straightforward, right?
4: It's, <laughs> uh, it's either police or today we are going to take you on a tour of the African rainforest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it it, it, it oh, sounds pretty. straightforward, you know. And again, you know, this is this is great because you know we're here at Ike Live. We're very objective and we stand uh, on middle ground on everything. And you know it it was great it was great to hear him give his side of the story and the nice thing now is we can talk now about some of the bigger issues and then in a second, we're gonna hear the other side and, and you know we we may change our opinion here within a matter of minutes, but I, I mean I I sat back and listened the entire time and and uh I do feel for him a little bit you know you're right you know I, I mean yep. you do got you have an obligation he's unfortunate that he's in.
0: He's One in place a bad behind place the guy. <laughs> the
1: way it looks, he's in a bad place. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, but 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 again, we we got to hear the whole story, right? Correct. Here's the bigger issue, and even he said it. Why the hell do we even go there? Why did we go there? Bass was calling them before the tournament to try to clarify areas. They didn't give us a clear cut definition of what areas. That's they referred us to a website.
3: That's it. You you said it right there we're going to a com- compete on a tournament why don't we know where the out of bounds are why why do why doesn't the organization provide us with a map of where the competition is going to be taking place where you can cast where you can't cast get rid of all this nonsense it's, it's wow. their, in
1: my opinion it's their responsibility to give us a clear cut definition of what tournament waters are you know look i i, I don't want to like go you know go way down here, but you know, they signed a big check to bring that tournament there. I get it. It's their responsibility with a hundred thousand dollars on the line, AOY on the line, classic berths on the line, Sponsorships. it's their responsibility yep. Reputation. To tell to the field. It's their responsibility. I, I think so. The rules state that it's the angler's
3: obligation to know where whether he's in legal waters or not. That's what hey, the rules currently
2: state. If anything, guys, <laughs> the best thing that came out of this was it would be a great Ed Bassmaster skit. The next Louisiana tournament for him to be out there in a dinghy telling people this is private. No, no, it's not. It's <laughs> private. Because like, that's yeah. what it says. The rule says if someone tells you it's private, any Joe Jerkoff can tell you it's private. You got to go leave. It's ridiculous, man. Yeah, then, Don't go there no more. Say-
5: <laughs> Yeah. Was that a psh?
2: Yeah, psh. <laughs> That'd be a great You've Gotta work on skid. that, Mike. He goes up <laughs> to like, that. goes up to like Skeet Reese. Uh, this is private, you know. I don't know, man. Whatever. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> that
7: I mean, happened to Skeet, as a matter of fact, on day three. It did. One going along with what you said, in every other sport, the field is clearly defined. You know what the parameters are. All right. If Bass is going to be the flagship, which they they claim to be and want to be. Then they should have the ability to define what areas you can and can't fish. It's got to be more than a
1: handwritten note, exactly. right? Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. but a what what trip didn't want that phone call. It's got to no. be more than a handwritten note. But, but what you other sport?
5: What, what I mean? other sports field is a bayou? You know, hundreds of thousands of acres of marsh. Yeah,
2: yeah with generations of families and, and, that stole land in the Louisiana, that. purchase. <laughs> you
7: know you what mean? That, If you can't define the playing field, then you should. You should not have tournaments there until you use your weight as an organization to get those rules changed. Let's face it, it's tidal water. Yeah. How can
1: you claim ownership of water that's- There you ruined? go, there you go. So here, it's a great segue. Thank you for saying that. Here's the bigger issue, and I'm, I wanna make sure before we get Mike on that we talk about this. How in the F, capital mm. F, can someone say it is private If you can get there from public water, it's impossible. We launched out of Orange, Texas on the Sabine, which is public. He ran the intercoastal across a marsh lake that was created by God to get to a canal that's
2: public. Well, God created the man that created the ditch. If we're going to be correct, Mike. You hear me? The
1: man that created the ditch?
2: No, God created the man that created the ditch.
1: That's true. God did create the man that created the dish.
2: But the water still flows through freely.
1: <laughs> but this is a big issue. It is a big issue. And I, and I want to, I want to urge everybody right now, all the viewers, of Ike Live, please let us know your thoughts on this. I got a really hard time with private water when you could access it from public water. I got a really big hard time with that. We deal with it in New Jersey. A lot. At a very small scale. Louisiana deals with it on a large scale. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. And it's oil money at the end of the day, right? It's oil money. money. Yeah, oil it's money. And it's oil hunt. money. So and get your
5: pitchforks and your torches and it's take to the streets. Take to the streets, people. More schools, less bombs. String them right.
1: up. Right. Let us. Hey, what? by the way, let us know what you think. Hit us up on I Am right there next to your screen. We want to know what you think about... Uh, land ownership, water rights. We want to know what you think about it. Hit us up on Twitter, Mike underscore Iconelli on Twitter.com. What do we got, J. we got anybody irate as I am coming through? Can talk
10: about my problem? Your problem?
1: Is yeah. it, is it Are they woman issues? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Go ahead, Beck.
1: that woman issues No, you not
4: woman issue. Woman issue. Well, What
1: yeah, are you going how this affects the
3: entire season, the way Bass handled it. Big topic. Okay.
2: Let's save it, Mike. There. Mike, let's save it after we talk to Kernan and after we talk potentially to Lane. Let's bring up let's, how this affects things. Because
1: I don't think the out. fans understand okay. what what's well, laying out a here. That's great point. That's, that is a great point. She brought up a great point. How does this affect the entire season, the entire BASS elite season by this decision that was made we're going to talk about that but let's get mike on the phone for sure before we cover that
3: right now we want to talk about why i can't fish the dock on the local lake i get hollered at the dock right this is this is water issues we're talking about right yeah landowners chasing us off of their docks all the time Creating private property where, where we're legal. My fishing license gives me the right to fish there,
1: and I Hello, fish there because I'm in Hey Mike. At all right, Pete. It, zip all it. Yeah, oh, all right, Pete. Quiet. <laughs> oh, let me, let me, let, let me bring this up. I'm Sorry, the Mike. In pre-practice. And Steve, Kennedy. and Steve Kennedy last year, though, right? Uh, last year, Steve. This time. Steam this year, at the last time we were there, both had guns drawn on them.
2: Yeah, so great to place to, to go to. to. Yeah, let's go back there again. Thanks. You know, come on.
1: Yeah, and they went back after that happened.
2: Well, folks, right now, live on the air, calling in Mike Kernan. Mike, how you doing tonight, buddy? Welcome, Mike Live.
8: Hey, good to be here. Thanks for calling. Hi, Where Mike, are you calling call from? Mike live. I'm calling from uh, my back patio overlooking the water right now. <laughs> Is it private? <laughs> it is not <laughs> you haven't posted. All right, <laughs> got to make sure,
2: man. You know, come on. All right. So Mike, we had uh, we had Dennis on earlier. I'm sure you were listening. And if you would just care to jump right into it and explain to the fans your your version of what took place.
8: Sure. Uh, in uh, January, I went down there to practice for a week, and um, I had uh, I did a little map work with a, a friend of mine that was pretty familiar with the area down there. And he sent me over to uh, the T ditch, and uh, so I looked at it and had a couple bites, and just started fishing around there and found more water over there. So that's how I found that that area way in the back. Is I just went fishing and during um, before the before the, the the body of water went off limits, and uh, found all the fish. And uh, so I had also uh, practiced some other areas, but uh, it seemed like those fish in there just were a little bit bigger than the, the normal Sabine River bass. So uh, that's what I found it. Uh, I went back on day two of our official practice and uh, went in there and had a few bites. I, I don't think I set the hook on anything. I uh, just, just wanted to see if I could get some bites in there, and I did. And uh, I went back on uh, day three at this time. I pretty much have committed. I'm, I'm going to spend a, a great deal of time in here. And so uh, I felt like... Uh, the bite that I had uh, in pre-practice uh, was dimin- diminishing. That, that flipping bite was not near as good, and I had to learn more about how to catch them again. And so uh went back in there and ended up, uh, uh, you know, getting some bites on a, a bladed jig. So that's what I did on day two and day three. So I was in there both days, and then, of course, pre-practice. Um, Going there day one and uh, ended up fishing in there almost the whole time. Uh, and this area is about, it's about an hour and 10 minute run from, from our launch. And, uh, so I, I to leave myself a little time, uh, come back a little bit early and I fished uh, around the, uh, around the check-in point, uh, you know, about 15 minutes each day is what my plan was. So on the morning of day two, I went down and, uh, there's a boat in there and I think, uh, you know, I think everybody's probably heard this, but, uh, the boat was in there and stopped me and said, hey, this is private. I said, okay. And he said, uh, you know, there's, there's been signs up forever. And I said, no, there hasn't been signs up forever because then I would have known this was private. And uh, I said, where is one of these signs? He pointed to it. I went over there and looked at it, and the sign was brand new. And so I went back over to him and I said, why didn't you just tell me that you just put these signs up? And then he admits, well, yeah, I just put them up this morning. So I said, okay, well, I got to call my tournament director now. So called Trip and uh, told Trip what happened, and here's these signs, and the whole attraction was to this area was number one, a, a local who fishes this area a bunch and does well, told me, hey, you better better go check out that ditch. And secondly, after I learned this during pre practice, I also learned that I've got a, a refuge in the back. And so I thought, man, this this is great. This, there's a refuge here. Um, you know, the Sweet Lake is a, is a giant lake right off of intercoastal and i thought man this is this is great i said uh you know this this public water back here is is going to be kind of my uh savior make sure that you know someone doesn't come in here and just tell me to leave so that's kind of how my practice went down and how i found those fish and uh so day two i'm having this conversation with this guy in this boat and he admits he's putting the signs up that morning trip calls a, a game warden familiar with the area and says yeah he says those ditches if they're maintained by the, uh, landowner, then you can't go through them if he's posted. I said, okay, never went back to the pictures. I went, ran down to Lacassine and caught some fish down to Lacassine. So that's how my two fishing days went. Uh, it started getting interesting though, that evening when I'm at dinner with, uh, a friend of mine who's a local and, uh, you know, I tell them how my day went and that someone posted these signs and they said, sweet land, sweet lake land and oil company and he says hey i know the guy who manages all that land for sweet sweet lake land and oil he says i'm gonna call him and see if he knew about those signs being put out so he calls this gentleman and and this gentleman says uh yes i'm aware of the situation um i had those signs put out and we sponsored dennis tj I thought, well, that's kind of a weird conversation there. So the first thing I did was call Trip and said, Trip, I had a disturbing conversation, uh, you know, through my buddy here who just made this call. I said, here's what he said. And I said, to me, that sounds weird, and I just wanted to let you know what was going on. He says, okay, well, I'm at dinner. I'll call you back. Well, he calls me back in 35 minutes, and he said, Mike, he said, I've had had something come up since you and I talked. He said dennis tj has texted me and he's going to protest you for fishing on private waters i said you know at this point i'm, I'm shocked I'm, I'm like really so um this is about 8:30 at night and i think uh trip and uh um the other guy helping him did some work and, and did some homework made some calls and uh, I think they referred to the map, uh, that map that was on that state website. And they made the call that uh, my day one catch would be disqualified. So that's, that's basically taken me up to uh, the point where I packed up and went home Saturday morning. Right.
2: I guess I guess the biggest problem I had with the whole thing was that you were disqualified, obviously, long after the fact. And that you had made the phone call to rectify a situation that you felt could potentially lead to being a problem. And I just, like, you you were in a position to to do a lot of damage in this event. Ultimately, I think they made the right choice by awarding you what they awarded you. But do you wish there was a different process in place to where penalties could be assessed after the event, more so than during the event, especially in a convoluted, confusing situation like the one you experienced?
8: You know, I, I'm I'm not going to say that I I would know better. I mean, these guys have obviously been running tournaments probably longer than I've been around. But uh, I don't know. I, I would hope to think that there's something that can be learned from this. And uh, whatever that is, it, it it should make it better for us anglers.
2: Pete, Mike, Dave, Bob, do you guys think this could be something that could have been levied after the event, after due diligence was put in place so that he doesn't have to file an appeal? Because this isn't your straightforward, you know, he, you know uh, type in a, of disqualification.
6: In, a, in the Bass Rules, does it state that, like, uh, if you filed, you know, say you got protested, somebody, uh, the protest is supposed to be in writing, right? And you don't admit to doing wrong, and there's an appeal process, you file an appeal. During that appeal process, you're allowed to fish still until that appeal process is, was heard, I mean, is is that not what happened? Obviously.
8: No. no. I mean, once the signs were up, I never went back.
6: Yeah, but, I mean, they, they protested you, and you were you were able, you were in 12th place, right, going into day, you would have been in 12th place, right? Going yes, into, that's correct. So you would have been in a top 12 and fishing on Sunday, right?
8: Well, uh, had I done well on day three. Oh, yeah. day
6: three. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, because I thought that if somebody protested you and you had an appeal, that you were still allowed to fish during that appeal process.
8: Yeah, I don't think that is the case, because uh, I did express my interest uh, to to file an appeal verbally that night, and then I, I followed it up with a written one the next day.
2: Now, I guess, th- did you at all question wh- wh- the, the other anglers that were there, why they weren't disqualified as well? Why it was just you where you stood one spot ahead of the individual filing the protest that stood to gain financially from you being disqualified? Did you ever bring up why the other individuals that admittedly were in there and, and, and observed in there weren't, weren't disciplined as well?
8: Um I, I didn't I, I told trip everything I told him that you know on day 1 that uh, Byron and his uh, marshal were the only people that saw me I mean we're fishing a marsh that I mean it is um uh, no in sight of uh, anyone and anything and if there's uh, you know even a 2 horsepower motor running uh, 10 miles away I could probably hear it uh, that's how vast and empty the space was so the only person that saw me on day 1 was uh, Velvic and his marshal, and uh, you know, so I think the the line of questioning that I had to myself is, what just happened? I mean, how does how does this happen on day two, the morning of, after someone sees me coming in here, and I I, I just couldn't believe the whole the whole situation actually.
2: It, it it's 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 bizarre. It's the most bizarre protest. And it's almost like it was just an unfortunate set of circumstances for, you know, for TJ as well, who filed a protest against someone who was one point ahead of him, one, point ahead, one spot ahead of him in the money, and was fishing on property owned by his sponsor. <laughs> you couldn't script it any more, uh, you know, soap opera-esque
8: if, if you tried to. Well, it, it it piqued my curiosity, and that's why I immediately called Trip even that evening at dinner, because... You know, I, I want him to be aware of anything that I think is funny because uh, he, it's his job to make those calls.
2: Agreed, and you did the right thing and, and you you've been you've been a true pro throughout this whole process.
3: Thank Mike. You. Mike, let me ask you a question. Now now this all went down and uh, unfortunately your pack and going home would have had a fantastic tournament and tried, maybe contended to win. You you make the appeal. Can you take us through that appeals process? What, uh, what, what exactly happened then? And, 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 and can, like, tell us about their decision and why they made that decision? Can you do that for us? Uh,
8: I think I can. Um, so, the, the nice thing, I, of course, I came from corporate America many, many years before I started doing this. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I valued as a manager was if you have good people with good intention making decisions. There's something in the background that always is okay with them making decisions. And, and quite honestly, I felt good about Tripp and, and Chuck making decisions, and I still do. And so I came home with a little calm, thinking that this isn't right, and I'm going to go through the process, and there's got to be a way to rectify this. So I came home, and uh, you know, while things are fresh, of course, I wanted to document everything that happened. And uh, and then I started researching it. And, you know, quite honestly, I bet this past week, I bet I spent 20 hours on this. And, and you know, it was that important to me. And so uh, what it came down to is uh, the disqualification resulted from two facets in the rules. Uh, the first one was we have to follow state law and state regulations. And the second one is we have to follow the tournament rules uh, specified by the tournament director. And so the first one is where um, this website comes into play, and this website is on the state website, and it is extremely difficult to pull up. It's extremely difficult to figure out what is state land and what isn't, and it's extremely difficult to put markers on maps so you know actually what you're looking at. So it took me a while, but I figured it out, and, um, and, and once I figured it out, course, the very first thing that comes up is this disclaimer. And this disclaimer, I think you guys have seen the quote, it's not a final ruling by any legislative body. And you should only use this as reference. And so, okay, if I'm using it as reference, I wanted to check to see how accurate it was. Well, I started going through it. And here's what's funny. Not only is that Bell City ditch wrong, um, there were I had five other examples. And the Cameron Prairie... Ditch that I was fishing way in the back. It's public, and it was also marked private on this map. So there are many things that were telling me this map is wrong, and it's not even a good reference. Uh, and then it was referred to um, for my disqualification. So the the reason why I believe it was referred to for the disqualification is because every time Trip or, or Chuck had a question from an angler, they asked his game warden. The game warden sent him to this website every time, and so there is a I think with that consistency, uh, why not think that, hey, this is, this is it, you know? But never in our briefing or anything was, was, uh, the law laid out or, or I forgot what the, what the comment was earlier, but never in our briefing was it said anything like that. It said here for more state lands, refer to this website. So once I was able to prove that this website is not, uh, legislative law, uh, it, once I was, you know, showed all the errors in it, The next thing I had to do was show that I, in fact, followed all the rules of this tournament. And who best uh, to weigh in on that than my marshal? So I had my marshal from day one as my witness in this appeals process, and, you know, asked him a couple pointed questions, and, and, of course, I followed all the rules. So the map wasn't right, it was not legislative, and I followed all the rules. And that is the basis for the overturn.
2: Outstanding, good work, Dennis. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy it went that way. From the minute I found Mike. out what went down in this, and I started getting the the information, all of us here immediately figured you needed that 12th place to make this all right.
8: It was, uh, you know, I didn't sleep good all week. Even though I felt like I had I had done everything right, I just I didn't sleep good all week. I, you know, because what happens is someone comes up on this. Uh, committee and, and you know doesn't see it as plain plainly as I saw it, uh, so I still had uh, a little bit of anxiety until until it was all over.
5: Did you did you uh, protest Dennis for the way he went about his uh, protest?
8: Uh, I did. I protested him based on the conversation um, that was had uh, Friday over dinner with between a friend of mine and a gentleman that manages all of Sweet Lakeland and Oil. And basically that conversation uh, ended up, uh, you know, that I was under the impression that Dennis had called him and asked him, you know, told him what was going on, and I don't know if he asked him to put up signs, but the result was signs next morning. Right. That was my protest.
5: And what came of the protest?
8: Um, it was uh, later dismissed after they did some investigation.
5: Okay. Did
6: anybody see you in there? You said one other bass boat saw you in there on day one.
8: Uh, Byron Velvick and his uh, marshal were the only. Uh, that's the only people that ever saw me.
6: I wonder how the oh. information got passed to them to put the signs up on day two. Well, because the that's guy in right. the boat motored up to him. Was he there on day? No, one? No, that's day
8: two. The guy in the boat that motored up to me was only on day two. Right. But the but sign-
6: no, Nobody saw you on day one, and all of a sudden you show up on day two. And they got signs up. I just uh, I'm kind of lost in the fact of how how they knew that you were in there on day one. Yeah, uh, if I anybody really was in know. there.
5: And I think that's uh, that's part of the that's some of the information that maybe Mike is kind of holding back because he said she said kind of deal. And sure, and, uh,
4: we we have a technical uh, term here on IM that somebody put in, and they just put in uh, Dennis was butt hurt. Let's face it. So. You know that.
5: (laughs) (laughs) That's from Uh, Indy Bass Fishing.
2: Mike, what we have is we have have an instant message feed that that we have people messaging in questions that we're going to be asking you, and some of them aren't necessarily uh, going to be on topic.
5: (laughs) I feel that's on topic. Yeah, that's
6: on topic. So I got a question about how, how do you feel about things now? I mean, like, you know, you come, obviously you were disappointed, packing up, going home on Saturday. You you didn't sleep, spent 20 hours working on this thing, and it reversed the ruling. Like, how do you feel now going into the next event? I mean, it's got to be either relief or you're still kind of jaded a little bit or, you know, you're going to be looking over your shoulder every time you go to a tournament or, yeah. you know, what's the deal?
8: Um, as far as Bass goes, I have 100% confidence that they're still and always going to do the best they can to make the right decision. So, fortunately for me, no anxiety with that at all. Um, with with some knowledge that I have about the whole incident, yeah, I'll probably be careful uh, around some people on tour.
2: I, I guess I take a little bit of objection to the right decision element of Bass. Anglers have had weapons pointed at them in these bayou events down in Louisiana. Klein got shot at. So I mean, I don't. I mean, are, are they making the best decision? And if there was an anglers union, would they even be able to have an event in an area where guys are, are lives are in danger? So as for the best, the best Boy, intentions thing, I, I, I mean, as a fan of the sport, not affiliated my, with bass, I don't
6: see it. Yeah, my thing is that you know you read the bass rules, and there's a protest kind of thing you follow it's supposed to be a written protest and then you're supposed to get a copy of that written protest and be able to appeal it and none of that seemed to me like it happened like all this stuff was out of uh you know just a whim we got a text for disqualifying this guy and that's it like the the true process didn't get followed correctly in order to have you fish say you know another day or whatever the case may have been
8: i think that uh there's two questions in that part. And and the first question is, uh, should we go back to a venue like this? And, you know, I mean, I'm going to say it sucks. I don't like the, the Louisiana logs. I mean, I thought it was the sportsman's paradise, and, and it doesn't seem that way to me. But the other side of it is the tournament people there at the event making decisions. That's where I have 100% confidence still.
1: Yeah.
7: Your point. Mike. Rabbit Ranch. This. This, is,
1: Any- this is Mike Daikinelli, by the way. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at this now and I wonder what the after effect of this is from the standpoint of points, right? So, uh, you know, do you think that Dennis, you know, ha- has advanced all the way up on that third day? Do you think his point should be taken away? Well, I think that
8: it's fair to say that uh, I filed a protest, and by that action, I feel that way.
1: Okay, because, you know, where my mind's thinking now is that there's a lot of levels. So the one we already discussed, you know, I feel for you because you had a legitimate shot to advance to day four and win the event. You can never get that back, okay? That's, that's in the past. But I look forward, and now, you know, I, I see how are they going to You know, in the grand scheme of things, somebody's going to be affected by this, right? You know, somebody's going to be affected by this new point layout, which isn't the way it should have been. Um, Somebody's going to miss AOI uh, by a point. Someone's going to miss classic qualification by a point, by a spot. You know, it's altered now. And it sounds like in the next event, Bass is going to pay one less position to the entire field. Do you feel that's right? The uh, the one less position, the only thing that I
8: paid attention to when we were there, uh, uh, I don't know, at some point he mentioned payouts. And the one thing out of that payout discussion that I remembered is that they were rounding up on this first event. So I would assume that they're going to round down on the second event. So I don't know if that means... But that's why they're paying one less but you know we had 113 had we had 114 or 112 then there is no rounding involved at all so i i don't know if that's why they're doing that uh but going back to yes the points are different and they're going to be different you know for the rest of the rest of the year like you said and and there's you know what's done is done and and uh, you know, I, I have to place the trust in Bass that they did uh, their homework and 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 dismissed my protest uh, with their homework. So, I, you know, that's that's where I am right now. I, I'm not going to dwell on it much. Uh, you know, I'm I'm already thinking about how am I going to catch him at the next one.
2: Gotcha. it. Uh, we we have Mike. We have an I am question for you, my friend.
4: All right, sure. here's a good one. This for everybody. Yeah, this is perfect. Don't don't they use post tournament lie detector tests if needed? Where how, how come that didn't come out in this? Good you know, question. It's all he said, she said. That's, that's a good question. That's a and heck they, of a question.
8: They do give lie detector detector tests throughout the year randomly. Hmm, and uh, you know, last year uh, I I was never randomly selected, but you know, we're all going to get selected at some point.
5: What the hell's with a random lie detector test? That makes zero sense.
8: I think uh, I, I really don't know, but I, uh, that's what Jesus I re- recall hearing last year. But maybe they tested someone in the top of the field also, but then the rest were going to be random. There's some logic to it, but I, I, I can't recall all I of it. I
5: think it's called pretzel logic. <laughs> <laughs>
8: yeah.
4: Good random question. Any,
5: any
8: more? Any more J three?
4: No, no, none. as good as that. Raps, and we Rams, wrap questions? up. Any questions?
8: Eight, eight, nine, I've, got, I've got one comment, think, if you guys want to chew on this. I think that some several people have asked me, you know, bass took away this opportunity for you to win. And quite honestly, that opportunity was taken away on the morning of day two when someone posted signs. It wasn't bass. Uh, Besides those fish, I had enough fish to do okay, but I didn't feel like I could win without those fish.
5: Fair enough. Yep. I guess the objection
2: most people have with bass is just the Orwellian decision. Just immediately disqualify you on something, not even gray. Obviously, it's something that just didn't require, like, the the disqualification did not fit the circumstances. You have a marshal. That's why they're in the boat. All Tripp had to do was talk to the marshal. Was there signs? No. Were there signs on day two? No, not until the guy banged him into the trees. That's it. Okay, fine. Get
5: out of there. You're not allowed to fish there. That's it. It's that easy. Oh, I don't think it's that easy. No, it's no, not I, that easy. But there's there's a lot of like 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 I said uh, there's there's information that uh, Mr. Kernan's taking the high road on here and and not disc- disclosing, and it's a situation where a lie detector might have really been, uh, you know. I think that's why they would have it,
4: other than this random uh, potluck. And, and let me quick quick hit on the Marshall thing, because I marshal a lot. i am be marshalling in California next month. These guys get in the boat. They run 70, 80 mile an hour for 30, 45 minutes. I have no idea where we are, what we're doing, what's what's legal, what's not legal. You know, The only thing you know is legal is if you did pass the sign. You could say yes. If you yes. saw
2: a bunch of signs of yeah. what's yeah. in question, yeah. if you saw then, a bunch of signs, you would something. see that.
4: Right, agreed there.
5: Right, but, but the rules going in were... There's a lot of unknowns. If they're asked to leave, you got to leave.
2: Correct. And he called and he left. So that's, True. that doesn't say you get disqualified for asking to leave. Anyhow. Going to, but this is, this is the crux of the disqualification.
5: But the fish came from an illegal area. And
2: he's already proven how how, how untrustworthy the maps they used to determine well, what, that's, was private, that's, what was that's public.
5: The, that's so, what it's really about. All I'm saying is, the, is it
2: should never have resulted in a DQ. I, I agree. Yeah. And that's what everyone is saying. Isn't it like our genius idea on Ike Live that this should have never happened? That's the overwhelming opinion.
5: All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right, well, we're, we're running late. And hand, I, I, I actually got a text from Chris Lane, the champion of the event, who wants to call in, and uh, I, I'd love to fit him in here. So,
8: Hey, Mike. Hey, can I say one more thing? Yes, sir. Hey, uh, congratulations to Chris Lane, and sorry if any of this took away from your win. Good job.
2: Very classy, Mike. Thanks for calling in, my oh, friend.
1: Yeah. You bet. Thanks, guys.
2: Take it easy. Thanks,
1: man. Mike. Wow. Wow, this is this is interesting. This is like uh, I feel like it's uh watching an old soap opera, Dallas or, yeah. or the old
0: ones.
6: <laughs> what what's the cop think about this? What's that cop think about this, dude? The 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 head of the rabbit ranch there sitting next to you. Chief Rabbit. <laughs> Chief Rabbit, what's up? Chief Rabbit. <laughs>
7: talk you know hey i don't want i don't want to cut into chris's time because it's important that we talk to him but you know there's going to be a lot of discussion about this following uh our our, uh, interview with chris i will tell you this as president of the professional anglers association i made a very lengthy presentation to both bass and flw that that we get together the anglers and the organizations and come up with a clear clearly defined rules and rules violations, what those penalties were for each rule violation, both on a first offense, second offense, and anything subsequent to that. And that in that there'd be due process to have an appeals board and that much like the major league baseball situation where if a, if a player, uh, is suspended for any, anything that he does on the field, he's given the ability to appeal that. He continues to play until that appeal is heard, yeah. and then everything's adjudicated at one time. And it would have been much better off in this situation if Bass would follow something well, similar. Well, that's to how that. it was
6: supposed to work. That's how it's that, supposed how to work.
1: It was, unfortunately, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. And and, that, and they're the two big facts. You know, we heard from both guys, mm-hmm. and and we you know they still kind of have their own uh, varying opinion of what happened. But the two facts that came out of it are what you just said. The one is they they didn't handle it right. The, the, the due process was not followed. They should have let Mike continue on with that event exactly. before this decision was ever made, right? That's a fact. Mm-hmm. We get that now. We can look back at that and say that should have happened. And the other fact is what you said, which is at the end of the day, we have no representation. None. None. We have no representation. The organization can do anything they want, including this, which should have never happened. And we have no real say. We don't have a real say. We have an Angler Advisory Board. What's that mean? That doesn't mean anything. Uh there was a, a two man uh a, a two a two angler body involved in this committee. We we need to have a voice. We need to have a voice. We need to have an organization that represents us through the good and bad. Mm-hmm. I guess and we're- protects. Mike, All right, right? Mike.
3: Uh, I, I, I agree with you. And I, and I really like the concept of allowing him to continue fishing until uh, they know, until his appeal is satisfied. If there is an active appeal, then he should be allowed to continue
6: Well, to that's what fishing. it says in the rules. Read the rules. Read the <laughs> rules, man. <laughs> it says yeah. that if you appeal, that you can continue to fish until that appeal is heard.
3: All right, so then that goes back, well, Mike, for not appealing quickly enough. Maybe you should have appealed more quickly.
6: Also, also know. the protest has to come in writing. Did it come in writing? No.
1: I think it came in yeah. writing the next day. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Writing what? A
7: text that's message.
1: I, is a the, the text
7: now a form of an accepted form of a protest? <laughs> I
1: mean, there's a lot of question marks here. But again, you know, the athlete should be responsible for that. There should be someone handling that. If we had an organization, we'd have a guy representing the angler's rights, and he would do that. He would step in at that point.
3: But But I still still am, am having a problem with this because if Mike fished in a private area, right, I don't care about signs, I don't care about mapping, he's responsible to know that. That's the P- angler's responsibility. And if that's what the tournament or director concluded that he actually was in a private area, then that DQ should be held. You know, I, I, you know, the fact that these, the appeals committee, like, like I said, it's not, it's not representing the anglers. It's not, it's not a group made up by the anglers, but you know, P- we need to do a better job at the appeals committee. But, you know, I, I'm of the opinion. If that tournament director found that he was in private property on that first day, I mean, I, I, I there's a DQ there. That should have been held. Wrong, Pete. Opinion.
2: Wrong, Pete. Listen, <laughs> if I'm the tournament director and I'm in Louisiana, I know how damn confusing it is. And if I talk to his marshal and his marshal tells me no signs were up on day one, I talked to the day two guy and he says, no, some dude came out in a rowboat and banged him into the tree. The guy called me. I corroborate those two stories. I do not disqualify him because I know how unreliable the maps that I provided these guys are.
3: No, it's not. It's, it's the angler's responsibility to know, Dave. It doesn't matter about signs. Those aren't state and federal signs anyway that were posted. So, it's no, the but, angler's responsibility as the rules are written out. If you if you were never there, Pete,
2: and 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 you and it's and, you, and it doesn't say that it's private. And the rules that Bass provide, you clearly say that you can be anywhere you want, so long as it's not posted, or no one tells you to get the hell out, and no one told you to do any of that. The guy bangs a sign up, you make the call. I don't know how that results in a disqualification. I just don't see it. It's private. But he didn't
1: it's know pri- that. Well, the, the angler right. didn't know it was his responsibility. I way. got it. And, We're and, not going uh, to Okay, so on Pete's defense, you're fishing for a spawner and you snag it in the head. And you didn't know. You just snagged it, and you're reeling the boat. He snagged in the head. What do you do? Can well, you do it see, let it go.
6: But you can see he snagged in the head. <laughs> All uh, right. I mean, were you visibly looking at it, or was it just you know? All right.
1: Hey, you're just throwing out there at a, at a, yeah. at a bald spot in the grass.
6: Uh-huh. So you would have to
1: believe
2: that he knew he was in private water to say he wants to be that he should have been disqualified. You'd have to then subscribe to the fact that he knew he was in private water. You want to move on? I mean,
3: we could, but what else? It's tricky because the disqualification, the fact that he was disqualified and that now he's reinstated. um, I've never been reinstated after a DQ. I'd like to protest that. It's going to hurt the points. Denied. It's going to hurt everything.
7: There's some serious ramifications throughout this whole thing, but unfortunately, it's so ambiguous, you know, it, it just hurts everyone. Because Bass refuses to clearly define not only the process but the playing field
3: well you know what that's a good point and we talked about it last time is transparency the whole reason we're even having this conversation is because we don't know why they made their decisions you know we don't know what facts we don't know what facts trip and that group were using uh, other than the general rules that they posted but the specific facts we do not know yes And, and, and that transparency part is really, you know, what we're arguing about. And, you know, if we had transparency, we'd probably be done this argument an hour ago. And let
1: me, let me jump in real quick and let everybody at home watching tonight know that we did try to contact Bass several times and uh, they were not available. for, for contact so we, we have no answer hey, their, their policy no, no their policy is
3: clear they 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 make their decision that decision is private and they're they're not going to engage in any further discussion and they've been very very clear about that but i, I think the anglers really need that transparency i think the sport does
7: i agree the I sport like, the sport needs it we, we
3: can
2: all agree though that bass did the right thing by giving him the 12th place points and the 12th place money agreed or not
5: agreed
3: well do not I I d I don't I don't agree personally. I well, think if he was in private waters, whether I don't care how it was determined, but if he was if it's determined he was in private waters, I think he should have the DQ should have been held. Well,
5: right. I don't I don't know that we have all the facts. We get people on the instant message saying he fished public water, but Yeah, he, he crossed over private, private water, water to yeah. get to it. Yeah. So yeah. same difference. We could go round and round all night, or we could go to Chris Lane yeah. live on the phone right now. Chris. Yeah.
2: Hey, Mike, how y'all doing?
6: Hey, man. What's up,
2: Chris?
0: (laughs) I can do Texas. I can't do wherever the hell Lane's from, dude. That's a really
1: bad Chris Lane voice.
2: Listen, I was ready for McClellan, but Brian blew it, dude. I was practicing McClellan all day, and Brian put him on the phone before I could do it.
4: I, I just want Pete to know that you are getting crucified on the IM. Everybody is pissed at you. <laughs> <laughs> peace, peace, loving is getting tore up. <laughs> peace,
5: loving.
10: All right. Peace, loving. Yes, sir.
5: Chris, how you doing, Chris? You're uh, you're on Ike Live. All right. Yes,
10: sir. Hey, go ahead, Mike.
2: Yes, Oh, Chris, right. Chris, you got to
10: turn down your computer, buddy. <laughs> turn the
5: computer down, bud.
10: No, I just turned it off. All
5: right, cool. There we go. Uh,
10: join us join us live. We're going to
1: find out where he's at. Chris Lane, the champion of the first BSS event. Woo!
10: Wow. Wow. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I turned this on about five minutes ago, and... Wow, it's like a war zone around there. And I think you've got Dave Bansu in there. Is that
1: Dave Bansu? Well, let let me let yes. you know, I mentioned this earlier, we are the TMZ of bass fishing.
10: Oh, nice. Nice. Well, I, hey, that, there was only one this song I can of think of, of during this whole process that has <laughs> not been brought up. And it goes like signs,
2: signs everywhere. Sign- <laughs> Remember that?
1: Hippie don't apply. Hey, listen, I don't want to talk about any of that crap right now. We'll save that for later. <laughs> Let me jump into it. We, uh, I, I know you were, you were celebrating your daughter's birthday tonight. Happy birthday to her. Uh, we were talking earlier about it. We were talking good about you. And I want to hear it from you. Um, when you get into the lead, when you when you smell the wind, you're an amazing closer. How do you do that?
10: What's your secret? Um, you know I, I really think it goes back to uh, to Clark Hill um, you know having a five and a half pound lead and then losing it and, and that was hard for me to swallow and Mike McClellan was one that actually took it from me and, and won that event. And me and Mike uh, after the, at the end of the event, we uh, he came up to me and you know told me congratulations, and I said, Mike, I owed you one, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
10: Paybacks. so I, Paybacks. I think the fact of I think the fact of um, losing the lead, losing that with the expectations of you should win, I think that really you know made me just work a lot a lot harder. To make sure that that doesn't happen again and it will happen again but you know try to try to not let it happen again if I can help it
1: yeah it, it's it's scary man it's like uh, you you, know, you get net lead, gone into the next to last or last day and it's almost a guarantee you know what what amazed me and by the way let me tell you I watched the live portion I was like addicted to it I couldn't stop watching um, but I followed the blog And it amazed me that you decided to bail on your primary area late on the last day. And that was a decision that probably won you the event. What was going through your mind when you decided to to make that change?
10: Yeah, I, I think the decision that the water conditions, you know, and the water clarity was just, it was just going to pot. and. Um, and with it rising, and when I when I finally realized, when you know catching those fish, there had to be a bank. You know, the the first three days there was a bank that you was at, that you were actually flipping through, and when there was no more bank, when the water kept rising and it actually went through the cane, went through the bulrushes, and you went from catching you know, or getting getting five, 10, 15, 20 bites in an hour to going two hours and maybe getting one or two bites and they may be a keeper, may not be a keeper. I just kind of felt that, you know what, that's it. I mean, it's done. And I think what won that event for me was going and catching two keepers in the Sabine River on the end of day three. So when I went back today on day four, when I went back to the Sabine a couple hours earlier than I had been going back, you know, I kind of rode off the Taylor's Bayou area just because it just was going south. I mean, it was just just not happening. And going back over there with 100 percent confidence, hey, look, you've got three hours to fish or whatever it was every keeper one keeper or two keepers could very well win you this event just try to start with one and i went on a little flurry the tide was right and i ended up catching i think three or four over there
1: yeah that that was awesome that was from from my from my standpoint that was an amazing decision and that was that was a decision i don't know if i would have made you know to to have three amazing days in an area to be able to leave it that's a tough decision uh, did you practice there, Chris, or was that just an area you happened upon on the third, on the end of the third day?
10: Uh, no, that was just an area that I ended up on. I mean, you know, the tide was rolling out. Are you talking about where in the Sabine River?
1: Yeah, in the Sabine. Yeah.
10: Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was an area where the tide's going out. I got 25 or 30 minutes left to fish. You know, gave myself plenty of time to get back. So I, I started up on the, you know, just a couple ways past that dock and drifted. And I was, my plan was just to fish down and drift to the, to the boat ramp and then cut across and, you know, caught two fish. And I'm like, holy cow, you know, there's keepers here. And, yeah. uh, you know, went, to, went and weighed in and I actually started there first thing in the morning because I could just, you know, tailored by you, you know, when we left there on, you know, Saturday, the water, the tide was supposed to be going out, but the water's just rising. I mean, it's just yeah. coming up and it's like, man, this is just going to be, it's not going to be good tomorrow. But, you know, when and then I came back Saturday afternoon and caught those two fish. I started there and the water was still fairly clear, Um, you know, but I gave it probably 20, Twenty thirty cast. that was it. And I said, I got to go get Taylor Bayou out of my head, you know. And I went down there. Yeah. Of course, the, the some of the pipes that were pushing in fresh water, you know, that's all getting mud pushed into it. And then working through some of those areas, you know, back there with the other guys, you know, the water was still it, – it had a little bit of color to it, but it wasn't, like, completely washed up. But it was so high. And I think running into Shaw – and knowing that, you know, he hadn't caught a keeper yet, and then I only got one or two in the well. And, you know, it was just one of those things where you you know what it was like the days before, and then what it's yeah. like on on that final day. To make that decision was just, uh, I just really thought I wasn't going to catch any more fish in there.
1: Yeah. Well, it was a great decision. In hindsight, it was a great decision. Uh, talk, Chris, talk a little bit about the baits. I know from watching it from afar, it looked like a spinner bait and and a little crawl, a, a new flipping crawl that I think you're helping to design were the key baits. Talk a little bit about those two baits if you could.
10: Yeah, the 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 lucky strike crawl, I had like 25 of them. that was it, and I I was completely out at the end of that tournament. I mean I had none left. It's uh, it's actually it's a crawl. But it has two swim bait tails on it. It's very subtle. So when you hop it, and and when I saw it in clear water, when when we fought, I had to cut the legs down a little bit to make sure that it swims good. I mean, it's like a swimming jig. I said, man, this is going to be a really good bait. And when when I saw it, you know, in the clear water, when you hop it, you know, when you hop it up and down, the the action of that for a betting fish is absolutely perfect. And you know, dealing with those conditions at the Sabine, I mean, that's what, you know, I want to say, 80, I don't know the percentage, 80% percentage of, of fish came on. But one thing is to come back with a bait, muddy water, and, and catch those, I think I caught two fish on the last day on that. You know, it was just, the fish were up in the water column.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's super interesting. That's super You're you're a title. You're
3: getting to be a title water doer. You and your brother both win on the title water. Where's that come from? Do uh, you guys spend? Did you guys spend a lot of time on the St. Johns? Is that is that where your title water knowledge comes from?
10: I, you know, I don't think it was spending a lot of time on the St. John's. I think it was spending a lot of time saltwater fishing down in Florida, East Coast and West Coast and fishing the flats. Um, you know, pretty much our whole lives and dealing with that tidal water. That, that was awesome. I mean. You know, once you and once you learn to read the tides, and Mike, I think you can you can go with me on this one. Once you learn to read the tides on bodies of water, you know the tides are very similar. To, there's there's a window in there, Mike, that you can really hammer those fish and capitalize, yeah. you know, on your bag of fish. Yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely. We
1: had uh, Chris. To let you know we had Mike McClellan on earlier. Uh, and I asked him the same question. I have to ask you, with this amazing start, you know, Mike came in second, you won, uh, we still have a huge season ahead of us. Are you thinking about A O Y at this point going into the second event, or are you just focused on each event?
10: Yeah, I'm focused on each event. AOI has not, um, not even come up yet. And into my mind, I don't want to think, you know, because, you know, you got like Aaron when he won, finishing 85th and coming back and winning. I mean, these guys are so good, Mike. And, and you know, you got a guy that finished 65th in this tournament that just could go on an amazing run and win it. So really trying to stay focused on uh, on one, one event at a time and see where we end up at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, that that's a good strategy, and that's how I'd look at it. You know, it's uh, it, it it's great to start the year off with a win. Uh, what what a great way to have some momentum, you know. I want to switch it now, and and you know, again, I I, I just need to talk about this because we've had this topic for an hour before you got on. How do you feel about what happened with Mike Kern and Dennis T.J. What what's your honest opinion, Chris, of of how that went down?
10: Yeah, I don't know any of the facts or the details except for Mike was just disqualified and then reinstated and got 12th place points. And, you know, all I know is that Dennis TJ was the first one out and somebody, you know, had said that, and tell me if I'm right on this, did somebody say Dennis asked somebody to put the signs up?
1: Yeah, there, I mean there's a lot of speculation, right? And and it's like Yeah. I
10: you know, I don't we, know about I mean my opinion on it is, you know, let the let the people that are in charge determine the the outcome of it, which I guess they have. And this was the first, here's the crazy, the first I heard about it, I want to say was yesterday or the day before I was playing golf with Justin Lucas and he had mentioned something to me about it and i did not even know about it i had, i had no idea
1: yeah it, it's you know it's it's an interesting story and i think there's definitely two sides to it we've we've tried to dig through it a little tonight but um how how do you feel about how bass handled it do you think they handled it the right way
10: yeah i you know i have not i i don't i'm Help me out here in that Mike Kernan got disqualified, got 12th place points. You know, for for Mike, Mike to be reinstated and to give, you know, money, you know, to give him 12th place money, um, you know, I, I have to say, I don't think they made the wrong decision there. And then Dennis TJ got gets paid correct as well. He does. He keeps his standings
1: also, which he ended up moving up into the 30s, so he gets right mid-30s points plus the payout for mid-30s.
10: Yeah, that, you know, I mean, I, I but I, I don't know enough, and I don't know the facts of what happened, and knowing both of those guys, and you know, never, I don't think any have ever been in a situation like this before, so... You know, I, I, I listened a little bit about some guys saying put some light detectors in there and, and this and that. Um, you know, that's a decision that, that Bass is going to make. That's a decision that, you know, I think where the advisory board, uh, needs to come in and they're 15 or 20, let's see, that'd be, yeah, 10 or 15 delegates that they're in charge of. And let every angler give it feedback if they have one. Get it to the advisory board, and then the advisory board makes a decision with bass, you know, on how it happens. The timing on that thing, I think, is where the whole situation got stirred up because the protest was later. Mike was disqualified. Mike then gets reinstated, but he could have fished. But his his uh, what we got saying his. Some, I think it was Pete saying that. There's a certain timeline that you can that you can appeal it and get to fish again. So was his appeal too early? I think timing on that, the way that everything happened, really made it a mess.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we all agree. I think it was it was handled a little bit wrong. You know, in hindsight, they would have let him fish and made the decision later. I think it could have could have <laughs> resolved a lot of situations. But it is what it is. Let's change topic. Well, I the- want to ask you one last thing, Chris. Gunnersville coming up in a couple weeks. Are you excited? You get to sleep in your own bed.
10: Oh, man, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome because this town is ready to do it right. You know, at the Classic, everything was done down in, in Birmingham, except for the launch here. And... This town, I mean, they've got live bands, they're going to have a party, they've got all the cookouts, you know. I, I expect it to be a little bit like uh, like what we just saw with the Sabine River as far as crowd life. I know the town's ready and they're, they're going all out for everybody that's coming.
1: I'm excited to come back. Dave, you got a question. That's a good question.
7: Chris, Dave Mansu, congratulations. Awesome start. Really happy for you and your family. Um, what what do you think is going to take to win this Gunnersville event? I mean, this is uh, you know prime uh, pre spawn spawn period there. Uh, what's it going to take?
10: Hey, good to hear from you. Dave. Good to see you, buddy. And I appreciate everything and uh, the family says hi as well. But um, I, I really honestly think you're going to be looking in the in the hundred to hundred and ten pound range is high. Oh, wow. And and oh. you know I mean. You know, we've, it was 28 degrees here last night. So, you know, that, that keeps that water temperature down. So I think you'll still have a lot of pre-spawn fish, but I think you'll have a lot of, uh, a lot of spawning fish too with this moon coming. We've got warm weather coming. So I think for the angler's side of it, it it's going to be quote, smash fest. Wow.
1: Awesome. awesome. I hope you're right. After the Sabine, I'm ready to
10: smash some fish. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, back to Mike, you know, going back to that, you know, what, what Bass has done on, on a positive side, um, their live coverage, their, their stuff that they're doing that people – are saying exactly what you said and you cannot get off of it you want to watch every single second you want to watch the next move and i think that seriously changed the sport of bass fishing and uh yeah we can work through we're going to work through these little things and the disqualifications and the stuff like that we're going to run into bumps in the road all the time but you know as far as as far as that live coverage on a positive side of things man that stuff is awesome
1: it, it's awesome. It's awesome. And I got to tell you, I was, like I said, I was addicted to it. I, you know, I didn't make the cut on Sunday and I, I couldn't stop watching it. I think that's a move in the right direction for the sport. I think it's going to get more people involved. So it's awesome. Hey, Chris, I know, man, I know you're a busy man. I know you had a birthday tonight. Thank you for carving out time for us. Before we let you go, let everybody know where they can follow you. Let them know where they can follow you on social media and all that stuff.
10: Oh, man, they go to Chris Lane Fishing, and, uh, you know, that that's our social media page, and I think that has all the other social media on it, you know, not being a big part of the social media on how it all works. I just know that we've got Twitters and Facebooks and all that good stuff. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it, Chris. Thanks Chris, for joining us. Congratulations. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Now, it
5: Chris, hold on. One more thing, bud. Yes. Um, this, yep, is, yep. this is Brian. Remember what I told you uh, when we talked earlier today? Ike owes you something.
10: Oh, Ike! I, didn't we have a bet, so. Didn't we have a beer bet at uh, on the classic weight?
1: Yeah. Did I win or
7: did you win?
10: Brian, aren't uh, you the ref?
5: Yeah I am. I, I, I went back and uh, reviewed some tape, and uh, Chris Lane with the victory on that. Oh, no! <laughs>
1: hey, Chris beats me again. Well, He's always beaten me. He's beaten me
10: in tournaments. <laughs> By about a pound Mike, and a half. I, yeah, yeah. Hey, Mike, I will see you in Gunner'sville uh, at Wimple's Oyster House to collect on the debt, and we'll have to have some oysters to go with it.
5: Uh, <laughs> Chris, we just lost our Skype feed Hold on a second uh, We're going to see if we get it back But uh, I'll let I'll let Mike know that uh, He owes you a beer and some oysters Good job, Chris Thanks for coming All on right. the show, buddy Thanks a lot, dude Thanks
10: yep. for Thank calling you, in. guys see you yep. go, Well,
2: there you have it been a pretty busy evening, huh, Bob?
4: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. In the house? Been a good time? Bob, you still awake? I'm awake,
6: dude.
4: Yeah? I expected more out of Bob
6: tonight. I've just been soaking it all in, man, you know? It's a sponge. Yeah, exactly. Anything interesting on the IM come up?
4: Let's see. A lot of people were bashing on Pete when you and Pete were going back and forth. I mean, they were tearing him alive. He's
6: such a sweet guy, dude. I hate to see that happen to
4: him. You know what I mean,
6: man? <laughs> you know, they should make a teddy bear with Pete's face on it, dude. Yeah. You know what <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Does
4: anybody know what happened to Chris Lane on Lake, Lake Champlain 2006? Somebody posted in, I guess he must have got a disqualification or no, something. No, I
2: fished that event, and what happened was the water was excessively high that year. Crazy high. Like when you were launching, like the, you, you were driving through water on the parking lots. Right. And a whole uh, slew of water opened up that otherwise didn't exist. Ah. And we were all up in Vermont, you know, the People's Republic of Vermont, where uh-huh. everything <laughs> is federal and private and property and whatever, f, you know. Yeah. Anyway, we were able to go f- way far back. And I don't think he was DQ'd, but it wasn't clear what we were fishing up there. I went off the dead river, and I
6: went a mile back off That's the dead river. That's not where he was fishing. Was prairie, no, 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 no. That's not where he was fishing. But that, that was brought up. Yeah, he, he was w- he was fishing a creek that they were unsure if it was off limits or whatever, and they ended up saying it was off limits and that he couldn't go back there. Or, you know, I'm not a magazine, but it was something to that yeah, effect. But I fished
2: that event. That's why I have knowledge about it. I mean, the water was just was really right. high, and you were able to get to places that you probably haven't been able to get to since. Right, and it was right during the spawn, and they were they were really far back. It was it was pretty neat.
6: Yeah, I don't I don't think he was up in that mystical area though. Know? He was in some creek like down the lake or something. I think, but
5: well, I could we, be wrong. Folks, we got him back. There
1: you go. Hey, I, I started hearing that I owed somebody money or beer, and I would have disconnected. Uh, the plug on the
5: show. <laughs> Good move, Mike.
1: I'm a sore loser. I don't know if you knew that already, but I am a very sore loser.
5: You're competitive.
7: What exactly
5: did he lose? What did I lose? Uh, A beer. What did I lose? (laughs) It it was you. You made a gentlemanly beer bet with Chris on the classic weight. And you guys both entered a weight. And uh, I went back and re-listened to the show, as I'm known to do, to watch
1: it. What do I owe? A beer?
5: A beer. And I think he just upped it to some oysters. Some what? A beer and some oysters. Oyster. An oyster.
2: oyster. Okay. Being that you didn't provide us a single beer here tonight. Uh, I'm sure you have uh, some left in the budget to get him
5: here. <laughs> wait, wait. Right. Are, are the is the are the kegs actually locked? No. The handles don't move. Now nah, you got to muscle them. Oh, really? I don't want to break nothing.
2: Now you yeah, don't want to no, break it. Bu- bust it out. You got to give it a I'd shot. Clean the lines one day. Oh, Mike. so
5: that's just it's all scummed up.
2: Bad news, Mike. Yeah. Sophie's brewing Delaware River IPA gone. <laughs> Gone, it's a memory They're done, buddy, sorry well, if,
1: Brian, if Brian wouldn't have uh, uh, wrote the guy a bad note He would have another case
2: sitting
1: at the house Yeah, Bri Can you now take he him out? Us. So listen,
2: us. Mike, we gotta make our G-Ville picks, buddy
5: Yeah, I think I think we do that And then uh, whatever else you got, and we'll probably call it
1: Let's make some g picks Let's make some g picks. picks uh, who, who, who do you want to start? you want to start over there or over here? Well, let's start, start with the Rabbit Ranch all right, we'll start with the Rabbit H. Let me start since I'm speaking. You, I know this is going to be a shock to you, but at Gunnersville, I'm going to pick me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete, what I'm do you got, go buddy?
3: Oh, man. Just you give me what? a name. No no no, no soliloquy. I think, I think uh K Pink K Pink had a rough Well called
1: <laughs> 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 So I got a lot of,
3: I, I got a lot of ground to catch up, <laughs> I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go with uh I think I'm gonna go with Darren Martin. oh Aymart.
7: Yeah. We got
2: an A Mart. That's strong. Dave, Dave oh, even no, though your no, pick that's doesn't that's matter, matter, what do you got, buddy? <laughs>
7: Yeah, you, I mean, you got so many great guys. You, Chris, you know, obviously lives local, there. Local, local. You have G Man, G Man Strong there. Local. Randy Howell, the Howler. Randy, Randy Howell. Randy Howell. He's hot. He's yeah. fishing really good. And then he's, he's got, the got the Howler. Yep. I'm going with somebody else though. Somebody else has had a lot of success there. Skeet Reese. Fire! Oh, yeah.
5: oh hey. yellow pants.
7: It's a good pick. It's
1: okay. a good pick. Uh, yeah. Yellow pants. Okay. All right, bright What do you got? Brian uh, Carpenter, A.K. Spock.
5: I got. I got to go with Lane. Which one? All of them. <laughs>
0: of
5: Whichever them. one does the best.
1: There's three. There's three. There's Russ Lane too. Cobb uh, uh, knows about Russ Lane.
5: Everyone but Russ. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm to go with. <laughs> I'm to go with. Uh, Chris Lane, first time back to backs.
3: has been done for
5: a while. Has it been done ever? KBD, right? Pete.
3: I don't know. I don't know. But I, you know, I don't know about the elites. I don't know if there's been back to back elites or not. I'm not sure. But there's been back to back bass tournament winners.
4: Okay. Uh, uh, J3. Since I love stir in the pot, let's go with uh, Dennis TJ. Hey, Dennis TJ.
1: Good pick. Oh, that's a stir, all right.
7: (laughs) Mark Goldberg
4: uh, has Brett
2: Height. Mark Uh, uh, Goldberg picked Brett Height. Now, hold on, Mike. We're doing Mark Goldberg, he's got Brett Height.
1: Mike Goldberg. Brett Height.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: Chatterbait. Does anyone know uh, who Ish picked? Ashama? Yeah.
5: I, yeah. I do. Who? Honestly? Yeah, for real. For real? Yeah. Uh, through Johnny Cruz, I've, the word is uh, Paul Elias. All
2: right. Elias?
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Paul Elias?
5: Yes. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Mike?
1: <laughs> That's not true.
5: No, it is. All right.
2: Johnny Cruz has Jake Peroznik. And I'm actually gonna go. Uh, I'm actually gonna pick my friend Mike here. I'm gonna go off his past history there. He's got, he, you know, he's done really well there. And, Strong. Uh, I'm rooting for you, Mike.
5: I'm oh, always rooting As for him. As
2: always, but this one more than the others. Thank you, thank you,
1: thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, Mrs. Soley. Mrs. do you got.
6: You know, man, it's a tough call, man. I mean, I told Brian that that I feel that you're going to win there, but, I, you know...
5: But you changed your mind.
6: Nah, <laughs> I, I still say it's going to be... Mike's going to win, but Aaron Martin's definitely going to be knocking on the door.
5: Ooh, Which door, I front know. or back?
6: Well, typically the back door at the Rabbit Ranch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, hey, Mike, now... Uh, Let's just wrap up things. Let's just get, get everything balled up here. Balled how, up. how much do you think having an effective anglers union would go to to stab off or prevent a, a rash disqualification like this again?
1: Well, hey, Dave, listen. The, here's the reality of it. it. The reality of it is, is if you look at – and me and Dave have had this conversation a lot. Me and Pete have too. Uh, if you look at other sports, mainstream sports – you gotta have a check and balance in place for the organization. You have to. Like I said, wrong or right, you know, you have to have someone on the side of the anglers to represent them. You know, good and bad, and uh, and we don't really have that right now. Well, you know, can, I gotta make a comment here. Oh it. no!
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is,
1: you gotta look at this. You're, what
3: you're talking about here is a tournament organization which DQ'd someone. And their committee overturned their own ruling, and they allowed it, right? They were so an angler had a grievance, and he got that grievance settled in his favor against the tournament organization's decision. That's a you know that's that's not a horrible thing, man. That's uh, you know I agree the anglers definitely needed a strong representation. Better than we have now, no question about it. But, but uh, you know there is options here, and you got to give Bass a little credit for uh, for being able to deliver this decision.
2: But Dave, as president, that was Pete. I know, but I'm saying, Dave, as president of PYA, uh, there would be two thoughts. A- <laughs> two thoughts crossing over, uh, you know, with one another. What I'm getting at is if there was if there was an anglers union, the tournament director would have guidelines, whereas he couldn't just disqualify him mid tournament. I'd like to see things be judged after the fact, when he's not running an entire tournament where he can he can go over all of the
5: facts and then make a decision. It's a lot to that's a lot to do. It's a lot of work on trips shoulders. While it's happening, while sure. the events taking while place. While it's taking place. That's a lot of work.
7: It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a major responsibility on Tripp Park. And yep. to echo what Pete said, I mean, you have <laughs> to give them credit. They did look at it. They did recognize, you know, obviously they felt that it, it was an unjust uh, it, um, decision to begin with, and they overturned it. Uh, there's some things that are going to happen because of that that uh, unfortunately are going to have, you know, some long-reaching uh, ramifications to everybody that fishes. But the reality of it is, you know, if we could just if we could adjust the process, you know, to allow for a thorough investigation before any decisions are made, you, you kind of limit you you know you probably minimize what has happened here. Agreed. You know these, these types of situations. So um, I, I think with the, with a strong anglers union, you have the opportunity to voice that and arrange for that along with the organization. It's not that you want to get into a a uh, a uh, adversarial um, position with them, but you want to work with them to make it better for everybody, in, including
1: the tournament director. Yeah, and and that and that's a great point. I want to stress that too. You know, I don't I don't I don't I don't place any blame on Bass, and I'm not, I don't think they're the bad guy. I don't think the tournament organization is big brother, and they're the bad guy. I think. Uh, A group representing the pro anglers would uplift the entire sport. And when, and when we can find that balance of working together, the whole sport's going to get better. And that, that's what we need, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's
7: got to be clearly defined violations and then penalties for those violations, you know? The transparency thing. There is, currently, there is no transparency. One guy may get fined. You know, one amount and another guy could get a fine, you know, a higher or lower amount. Um, and we don't know that we, you know, because none of it is ever published. Um, you know, none, none of it is, is deemed public record by, by BASS. If there was representation, you know, hopefully some of that, uh, would come out and we'd have a great deal of more uh, transparency in the sport, which would make it a better situation for everyone.
5: Transparency through Ike Live.
7: I got a question. I got a question.
6: What yard sale can I go to to get that plastic sardine and that B A S S lookalike trophy underneath it? <laughs>
1: it is. It is fake. You know. Fake. It's uh, done,
6: uh, done, uh, done. <laughs> <laughs> is that from the flats, Dave? Uh, go, yes. Man. yes, it is. He oh, caught nice. that fish on the flats, too, dude. It was during the tournament. It's That's a reminder. Real, baby. Fancy. It's real. Oh, come on. That ain't real, dude. <laughs> I already was in the Aberdeen Proving Grounds, man. I didn't protest him, though. <laughs> it ain't too late, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
5: Send trip a text. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Awesome. Hey, you know, you know what? We're
4: going to the the elites are going to the chest. We're going back. Hell yeah! Back. So, here I got a question for you, Mike. So, how many times do you see things go on that are potentially disqualify that you look the other way? Never. No. Never?
1: Uh, I I mean, nope, yeah. Because everybody knows question. it happens. That's a great question. I I'm gonna tell you like this. I I. I've hardly ever seen anything that's blatantly disqualifiable or, you know, anything like that. But what you're talking about is a great topic. We could talk for hours about it, which is there's a fine line between following the rules, right? Following the rules, um, you know, uh, fulfilling your obligation as as a professional. There's a fine line between that and being a rat, right? Right. There's a fine line there. Seriously, uh, how many guys, guys from, do you see? I think guys from the Northeast, and and I don't I don't want to stereotype anything, but I think maybe guys from the Northeast, maybe culturally. Are a little bit different on that. Less you know inclined
5: I mean? to snitch. Mind your mind your business. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. As
7: yeah. a police officer, I hate that word rat. X. <laughs> you do something wrong, you pay your penalty. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the reality of it is, it's a sport that has to be policed by the anglers, much like golf. Right. You know. Yeah. And, no cops. And Dennis, his credit. You know, he turned himself in. Uh, at one yeah. point i mean how right. many sports can we
6: do that dude after you know? i got dq'd for the 15th time i started fishing with you dude so people would say hey there's no way this guy could be doing anything wrong man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. and you never
7: got covered yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we never got dq'd bob get get the point That's here right. yeah. <laughs> we got yelled at though i remember
3: we got yelled at one time yes we did
5: <laughs> by a dog by a dog
6: <laughs> You could have called know. her that. You could have called her that. <laughs> oh,
1: oh. <laughs> Sounds like a back on green playing right? yeah. off
7: of that. We digress.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we digress. Well, let me ask. Let me ask Brian the carpenter uh, from a oh, producer, no. from a fine producer standpoint. How did the show come off tonight? This was a very unusual situation.
5: Uh, I, th- I think pretty good, man. Um, considering what we're what we're doing here, I think I think it went really well. Yeah. She
1: just said something in the back that I think's really funny. She said, Did you remember to hit record? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: I think so. <laughs> we will find out.
3: We'll find out
5: tomorrow, right? That's yeah, right. We
3: need to get
2: Jeffries to install some kind of a program that at 7 o'clock, Becky's voice says, Brian, is it recording? <laughs> that's what she says every night at 6.59.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think we're good, man. I think the show went went pretty decent. We uh, you know, we got a couple of guests to call in on the fly, which I thought was amazing. Mike McClellan was the last-minute ad, and-, and Chris found some time to call in and, and talk to us, and, and I really appreciate and that. The
1: other interesting thing is, just to let you viewers at home know, we were going to have... The winner of the FLW event today, Dave Lefebvre on. Oh, no, we weren't. to charge us. <laughs> <laughs> Decided not to have him on. I, yeah.
5: Honestly, we were never going to have him on. Oh, no.
1: okay. I just made that up. <laughs> or, or, that or, or ever. Uh, Dave Brodick, A.K. Wharf, A.K. Fathead. By the way, great commentary tonight, Dave.
5: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Good job. Good, good
5: job, Dave. Big shoes to fill there.
1: Yeah. Dave, you were you were reliving your Bradley days tonight. I like it. <laughs>
5: yeah.
2: Uh, how about it, man? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Loss prevention.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I like it. It's uh, great. Good stuff, man. <laughs> My biggest part of the show was was when we as we got started and we uh, the computer
1: suddenly shut down. <laughs> yeah, the power went <laughs> off and we have it plugged in.
5: That was amazing, man.
1: Technology is a funny thing. Electricity. Uh,
5: yeah. yeah, you guys had to plug a cord in, and you give me a hard time Shit. for what I'm doing here.
2: Yeah, never again. <laughs>
1: never yeah. Right.
5: yeah, you can never bust my balls again. We c-
1: still retain <laughs> the right here, but they don't. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, hey, let me, uh, let me thank everybody, all the viewers tonight, for tuning in to Ike Live. Uh, this show exists because of you guys. Let me remind you, we started over a year ago. Uh, and we, we didn't know what we are doing. Still we didn't don't. know anybody was going to like the show. And you guys have really helped grow the show. And it's become your show. So continue to let us know what you think about the show. Uh, I am us. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, of course, go to iTunes if you want to watch this show or any of the past uh, shows from over a year ago. Free. iTunes, you can download them. It's been very fun, Brian. Are we do anything else tonight? Are we are we going to sign off here in a couple minutes? What, what do we got?
5: We're going to sign off. I got nothing. Um, we did not roll this the uh, the uh, twenty feet deep uh, Steve Kennedy promo. You talked yeah. about it early in the in the announcements. Um, so I think I just want to end with that and uh and call it a show. Big shout out to X Mark.
4: Totally excited about the 20 feet deep with Steve Kennedy. Yep. Crazy, interesting dude. You crazy, gotta
1: see it. Crazy, yep. gonna be crazy <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yes, very excited
5: about it. Hey, matter of uh, fact, uh, Mark, right, let's, I, I let's was talking, uh, I was talking to Mark, and he, he, uh, about um, future projects. Oh shit. And, um, and he said he wanted to do one with Dave Mansu. He was gonna call it three feet deep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, damn. Wow.
5: Sorry, Dave.
7: I right, you you, you're forgetting the fact that I fished with souls. Uh, <laughs> that that was four feet deep, dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, the way these guys. Hit me, uh, I just want to share something with you, You two, three, and, and and the viewers. You know, uh, I have that trophy that Pete just brought out. Really, truly, because. I learned a great deal fishing with Bob you know and me too me too and um, and Pete was my roommate during that event and uh, taught, taught me a lot about how to lead a tournament and how to adjust to that and fortunately, Mike picked up the phone, and we talked for over an hour that night about how I should approach the next day. So I really need to thank all three of those guys. Right for on. That, that trophy's awesome. Thanks, hey, awesome. Man. Appreciate it. Dave,
3: welcome.
5: would you say you learned over the years? You learned more of what to do or what not to do when you were fishing <laughs> with Bob? <laughs>
7: it's an interesting balance, bro. Hey, they're both very important. <laughs>
1: Well, let me thank everybody. Uh, everybody in Ike Live Studio, J3, Brian Carpenter, uh Fathead, Bob Soley. Uh, take out the trash. Put the uh, dishes in the dishwasher tonight. I'm we'll leaving you
6: an upper decker, dude. What toilet? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that'll <stink. laughs>
1: back, <man>. uh, <laughs> I'll call the plumber.
5: Yeah, Bob, you're the plumber, dude. <laughs> no,
6: <laughs> you no, got to no, no. get a net scoop. <laughs>
5: I love to see that.
1: Uh, Let me thank everybody for tuning in to Ike Live. Thank you very much for watching the show. Just to give you a heads up, the next show will be Monday, April 13th, after the Gunnersville event. Hopefully, we'll be talking to the champion, which is me. And we might have some more gossip. We might have more DQs. We might have. Could be a lot of things I don't know. Happening. Who knows what's going to happen?
4: I right? could come down to Gunnersville and put signs up. <laughs> <if> yeah. <you want.
1: laughs> there
4: might be signs all
1: over the place. Signs, thank you, signs. Thank you for joining. Tune in to Ike Live. See you soon. <laughs> Bye guys! <laughs> the Rabbit Ranch!
6: Rabbit Ranch. <laughs> Steve Kennedy is definitely out of the ordinary. He uses that natural raw fishing ability and that sixth sense to solve the puzzle and this game's all about solving the puzzle and he's one of the best out here.
10: That's when I knew that Steve Kennedy wasn't out here for the glitz and glamor. Steve Kennedy's out here because he loves
6: to catch a bass. His talent as a fisherman is just phenomenal, and I know he gets a lot of that from Ben.
7: When conditions are changing fast and, and, and plans are going out the window, that's when Steve is really at his best.